Hi, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Yeah. Right. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Happy, happy post Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, or th- Thanksgiving weekend, rather, I guess it would be considered that. Um, how's everybody doing? Uh, tonight, we're going to be playing with the, the GBS CAIO, and we're joined by uh, two of the, I guess, I mean, not like not so much creators of the the GBSC firmware, but like the people who have created this version. It's an all-in-one unit that you can buy. Uh, I mean, soon. I mean, I'm not sure if it's readily when it's it'll be readily available soon or. So yeah, we're hoping before the end of the year that we can start taking orders. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, just a, we're not the only people behind it. Obviously, Rama is responsible for the uh, GBS control firmware and all the other people before Rama that were working on it. Um, also, uh, Tinker Plunk uh, is responsible for designing the board layout, but he couldn't make it tonight. So, right. Yeah, I mean, the I mean, for people who don't really know what it is we're we're streaming with today, I mean, this is this is kind of a, a recent development with an older device. If people remember uh, years ago, we did a video called Frame Meister Alternatives, like right around the time the OSSC was just coming out. And there was this one thing called the GBS, uh, GBS A200, which is, it's a, it's a scaler that does VGA output. Uh, and they, they were mostly, correct me if I'm wrong, like the, the target, audit market was like arcade operators or something like that but yeah that's correct just just a really the one that used flat screens probably put like flat a, screens in there in there yeah in their arcade machines yeah so it's like like a like a 15 scaler or something like that it wasn't anything amazing but like for the price it was probably still better than like you know most you of could, like you could take a Amazon. yeah you could take a low low grade operator for an arcade you know, site or an arcade, you know, uh, route, and they could replace a a, a busted CRT monitor with a uh, with a VGA uh, output, you know, and a and a flat screen panel uh, display, and it was probably a good for them at the time. But uh, you know, like overall, it, the the GBS in that configuration is not that great. It's got yeah. some lag. Um, it doesn't handle some things properly. Um, it just doesn't a look people, a lot of people would buy several add-ons for it, like a sync strike and like a mm-hmm. skin line generator to sort of make it more palatable. But like, especially with like interlaced stuff, like, uh, you know, it would look pretty smudgy and then like 240p stuff would be treated. If I remember correctly, it would be trade treated kind of like interlaced where, you know, mm-hmm. once you it looks really sharp when the screen's not scrolling, but when the screen scrolls, then you have that sort of that smooth edged thing that comes mm-hmm. from, uh, comes from that. So, so that was, that was the original state of this, but like, um, people started, uh, so the GBS control know. project came out and that yeah. is a firmware for it. That's actually kind of injected each time the device turns on with, with basically an Arduino and, okay. um, and that firmware is a much better firmware for the TrueView chip scaler that's uh, on that GBS board. Mm-hmm. And once it has this good firmware in it, like, wow, the difference in what you can it's do crazy. with it is crazy. Yeah. And not and, only that, like, it can do 
certain things that, uh, you know, other devices can't really do, which is, which is interesting. You know, I mean, kind of the, one of the key ones is, is downscale and you can get something that's above 240p and make it 240p. But, um, you know, I, I think another thing that's just so interesting is it's got this motion adaptive deinterlacing and that's what I was playing around with on mm -hmm. a little earlier. Uh, you know, and it's, it's, what, what, what'd you say? Is it like 20 frames or something of lag or did 20 frames? Or we not have on that? I, I forget. So, so it's less than a frame of lag less in, than a frame. in its motion. Yeah. Deinterlation. Less so. than a frame with motion, de motion adaptive. Yes. Which is, which is crazy. Like, hmm. I mean, you know, I would have to record some direct comparisons to really look at them side by side, but from what the, what the, um, you know, from, from what I saw, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, it was as good as motion adaptive deinterlacing really gets. And like, that's, you know, that's At the price point. It's amazing. Which is up till now kind of been the, the best thing, I guess. Wait, what, what has, yeah. Like in terms of deinterlacing, I guess, like, I mean, the frame I story has very good deinterlacing, but you know, it's, it, it was expensive before and now it's really expensive. At the price point for laughing uh, me for saying twenty frames. I, I <laughs> units of measure. Don't expect units of measure, the correct one to ever fall out of my mouth. I'll say, you know, twelve <laughs> foot sub and stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I meant twenty frames. It's a <laughs> oh, it, no, I meant it, twenty it, milliseconds. Sorry. Uh, it's <laughs> probably it's probably less than twenty milliseconds, especially when you add the clock mod to it. Um you're yeah, you're looking at sub one frame. It'd definitely be less than twenty, so yeah. Um and really, other thing is, you mentioned that it was 480p down or for downscaling, and that's 480p downscaling. So mm -hmm. it's not 1080p downscaling or anything like that. And just wanted to throw that. There's a lot of use cases um, when we add the AI. So basically, you have this GBS uh, scaler with basically an Arduino that's injecting new firmware to it. And then we added what was called the AIO board, or what we call that. And we call that the all in one board. Oh, and that okay. basically adds a sync strike to it. It adds an RGB kill switch. It adds a, a resistor that can be toggled in for correct um, component video output. And uh, the sync strike is also toggleable, so you can turn it on and off. And so we kind of, you know, we, we have this all-in-one unit now where you can hook up SCART to it. You can hook up component video. You can hook up VGA video. Um, you can output uh, HDMI video. We have an HDMI adapter on the, the board. And uh, so, you, and then you can also output VGA or you could output component video from it. And um, there are some caveats to how all of this work. Um, the, I think the important thing for people to realize, this is not a reference quality scaler. If you, if you think you're going to get reference quality video out of it, the answer is probably no. Now, would you get really nice, good-looking video that can do a lot of interesting things like the motion deinterlacing or, uh, you know, fast resolution switching between 480i and 480p? Or, I'm sorry, 480i and uh, 240p? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of neat little bells and whistles to this type of a setup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's cool use cases for it that, you know, even you know, even when you have all of these scalers, like, I feel like it's the first thing that's come around in a while that's like, oh, this does, this, this does something that my other devices don't really do, you know, especially mm -hmm. the, I mean, that's why Corey's got diehard arcade loaded up here because 
for some reason, this game, even though it's a 240p game, has some sort of either resolution switch or just some sort of signal just... interruption between every single screen mm-hmm. in the game. And yeah. you can't play it on any other scaler that I'm aware of, other than like those cheap ones you find on Amazon. But the difference is those, um, uh, the you know, those aren't treating 240p correctly and they have a lot of lag. Now, I do think like the GBS in its... Um, and its default form, depending on what kind of TV you hook it up to, it might have seamless deinterlacing, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, but it not always. So while we're talking on that motion adaptive deinterlacing, I noticed that Brett uh two zero 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 nines in the chat here, and he so kindly announced and called me out the other day about um, I I put up a video for some deinterlacing, and I didn't realize that my um, my OBS settings were recording at thirty frames a second, and uh, he okay. quickly said, "Oh yeah, uh, that you can't see the bob on the other on on the OSSC when I did it," and I wanted to thank him because he's I noticed he's in the chat tonight, <laughs> and for so nicely calling me out, I very much appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, just wanted to give him a shout on that. Yeah, that, that it, I mean, it, you know, thirty frames Bob looks like. Yeah, it looks 240p. terrible. Yeah. Well, it, it looks like two forty p is what it looks like. Yeah. I guess. Um, it it does not look good on the Frame Meister. I will tell you. Um, <laughs> or I'm sorry, not on the Frame on the OSSC when it's like that. It just it it totally falls apart, and it's not a, it was not a fair comparison that I put out there. <laughs> and uh, I just noticed him in the chat here, and I just wanted to thank him for it. You know. And yeah, I immediately pulled the video down and was like, I made a so, mistake. Sometimes that stuff's hard to, hard to notice in editing. You know, I was, you're so right about that. I was, uh, you know, I was uh, talking to, to some people in our, our, uh, MLIG discord. Uh, someone was asking about, um, I forget what the original question was, but, uh, it, you know, there was this comparison that I did in our big PS2 episode where I took a, 480p game and was showing RGB and components side by side, but uh, I had record. I, I had a had a an earlier GSCART that had a low pass filter in it that was kind of unnecessary. Um, and I traded that with someone who wanted that D sub output on that one. I traded that to someone who had like a dual SCART one that does not have that low pass filter on it. And, uh, I, um, uh, but that this was before then. So it was the RGB was a little softer than component. And I just wasn't thinking about how I recorded it. I didn't see it when I was in editing and, you know, some people look at that and go, Hmm, I think components actually a little sharper. And it's like, no, no, no. The point I was trying to make is they're like, well, I want the purposes, like basically the same quality. And, uh, you know, I put a comparison in Analog Frontiers that, you know, uh, was was showing uh, another 480p PS2 game specifically just to redeem myself for that <laughs> one comparison uh, because, you know, the, the point is supposed to be they, they basically look the same. So mm-hmm. one of the big things with this, I'm not sure if, if it was mentioned, but this does not it does not suffer any of the same problems with uh, the like the framemeister ossc uh, suffer from where there's a change in resolution and or you know the uh 
signal drops. So I've set up a uh, double screen so that people could see how this works versus in OSSC. So well, I mean, why, don't you, why, don't you, why don't you switch to that and get plain yep, diehard arcade? To. So which, you'll be able to see I mean, as it goes. I'm just going to keep this up for a little bit, but you'll be able to see. You know, uh, every time it says no signals, when is when the the signal is dropped, and the um, it has to rehandshake. And I'd like to point out one other thing here, Corey. Um, mm-hmm. We're going out the uh, the the GBSC AIO's uh, H- uh, HDMI signal right now, so. Right. That's one of the things we've added with our setup to the GBS control stuff or the GBSC stuff is we've added an HDMI output. That's basically just being fed by the VGA out. And you'll see how good it looks. Like it looks really solid. Um, uh, even special, I think it looks on par with the OSSC when you run the OSSC in generic mode, which I think that's what you're doing. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tend to, tend to do everything in generic mode with OSSC. Yeah, we. I mean, we were talking about that recently. I mean, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people are super into the, the optimized modes on the OSSC, but I'm, I'm personally in favor of a little, you know, horizontal smoothness, uh, you know, because I feel it's, you're able to preserve the aspect ratio more accurately and mm. stuff like that. And you, you have less risk of recording errors. I mean, it's, it's a lot keep up with especially when you're recording a bunch of games from so many systems and dealing with the, the scale of footage we are uh and no one really seems to call us out on it like oh you're not using the OSS. so here's, Good. here's so, sorry to interrupt you try yeah. but if you look at the shadows here too on the floor this is one of the areas where you can see where the, the gbsc actually does really well compared to the ossc oh yeah it's got these dither shadows they, they look yeah look more blended on the gbsc yeah i guess i guess because the, the overall image is softer but is that is that like an intentional dither blending um i don't know i believe that those are the way that it looks on the gbsc is the correct way that it should be handling that and i'm not sure why the osc does what it's doing well, i suspect this is maybe a I don't know. I, I'm not an expert on like Saturn mm-hmm. evolutions. I don't know if this is like a high horizontal resolution game, but that that is that is interesting. Uh, there was a there was a five dollar uh, super chat from uh, Jonathan Henson. Thank you. Uh, saying evening, gentlemen. Bought my blister and a bunch of controller adapters from Zero himself. He is a very stand up guy. I, I I'm not I, I'm I'm not familiar with what blisters. I, I imagine it must have something to do with Mister. Yeah, it's a low latency controller input for the Mister. Oh, okay. So you do you adapt? Do you adapt like other controllers from it? Think uh, Bliss Box, but for the Mister. Okay, that that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. I, I I've never used the Bliss Box, but I, I I've definitely heard people talk about them a lot. I have really mixed feelings about it. They're definitely a very useful tool if you have one in hand. Hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing like uh, some of that dithering, uh, like sort of behind on the glass doors behind those spotlights. Yeah, that is interesting. It, it definitely looks different. I, 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 I mean, I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have a uh, a mode or anything like that to, to test this game out with. But uh, I could probably figure out some uh, some other game. So I was noticing in the chat, there was a question about why the GBS 8220 wasn't used for this project. 
Um, and I, I thought it'd be good for us to point this out. So the first, there's a couple of reasons. The first reason that the, and just so people understand the difference, there's a GBS 8200 and there's a GBS 8220. The 8220 actually has dual output, um, which is actually pretty cool. You could split the signal, do a lot of neat things with it. But we decided to go with the 8200 over the 8220 because it's more commonly available. Um, actually, Retro RGB uh, actually had a lot of problems getting his 8200. He was actually sent a bag of bolts um, <laughs> the first time a, he tried to get one. It's such so, a random thing. <laughs> and we had problems sourcing them in, in, in large quantities, uh, just finding a, a steady supplier. The, the second reason that we went with the 8200 over the 8220 is... Um, the GBSC AIO is going, the, the AIO board is going to be an open source project. And um, wow. our plan is, is after we sell the first batch that we're making, um, we're going to open source it. Um, the reason why we're waiting to sell out the first batch, we want to return on investment for the time and the effort that we put into this. Uh, I plan to only be involved really with, I think, maybe the, this first batch that I'm making with Zero himself. And then after that, open source. Uh, any, it's, it'll be open source and anybody who wants to can make it and add it. Um, and of course, I think uh, if, if they're successful in this first batch, then uh, Zero himself will probably keep making them, I would imagine. So, um, I just wanted to point out, Corey, um, you know, um, I was told uh, uh, that uh, the HDMI board on this outputs limited range and i think you might whatever no, no, I, I, I have a, i have a set to limited it's, oh okay i just want i just want to be sure i saw a little yeah. i saw a little bit of grays in the oh in I, the yeah i mean you, you you definitely see some grays but i i switched it in just to make sure and it's uh it gets it's gets more gray okay <laughs> that's cool. you can definitely see all the drops that have been happening um and w one of the areas where the gbsc really really shines oh, yeah. is you know not not doing that i mean and i, I think do, overall I, it looks good yeah it does totally I mean, totally i mean that's the, that's the thing i was i saw somebody saying you know like the like the slightly softer image compared to the ossc uh compared to how like annoying the drops are it's it's totally worth the trade-off yeah, and especially too like 480i, which I'm sure you'll play something 480i later. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, after I'm, you know, I, I'm obviously going to want to do some more testing, but you know, one thought I've had is replacing, or or, or, or at least maybe coming up. You know, we, we've explained before how we've been using these DVDO iScan Pros for deinterlacing before sending it to the OSFC, so that we can record 480i stuff through the OSSC without resorting to Bob. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I've, I've kind of had thoughts like, well, you know, I wonder, like, I, I really would like to compare, like, the difference in deinterlacing on this device versus, uh, you know, combining the OSSC with the, the DVDO. And, and also, it may, if, you know, it, it gives us, I think, something new to recommend for 480i content that, uh, you know, it's, it's just been so hard because, you know, the, the frame like master's out from of, RoboCop. <laughs> I uh, the like it. Out of production and, you know, it's it's really been the only thing to recommend that has that motion adaptive the interlacing. Like, if you don't like Bob, 
then you're you're kind of out of luck uh, with with like kind of the currently available like gaming centric devices. So right, uh, and I mean, I mean, especially this being you know uh, so low latency with the with the de lacing and it's motion adaptive. I mean, that's that's that's, that's that's pretty huge. And it makes me really excited too to see uh, what uh, Dan and Kristoff cook up for. The motion adaptive on the ps1 and ps2 digital mm-hmm. yeah that will be really cool when they come out with that so i did notice in the chat people are like trying to compare the video quality back and forth mm-hmm. and i think that that's probably a bad this is the scenario that Corey's showing here is a bad way to think about it like Corey's not trying to compare video quality here what he's trying to show is that how long it takes yeah. The OSSC to sync in between resolution changes. Right. And and I think, honestly, I think I could show 25 images between the OSSC and the GBSC, the OSSC in generic mode. And if I just show you one image or the other, I think people would have a really hard time telling the difference between the two. I, I think, think so, too. If it wasn't a direct comparison, yeah. I mean, you look at yeah. them side by side. I mean, is one going to win out in the sharpness, you know, and the... You know, maybe some of the, the the color conversion department, sure. Yeah. But like on its own, with no. I'm gonna keep like, this up for a second because I just want to yeah. show. I'm gonna go into. Uh, I'm gonna play Virtua Fighter Two so that people can see like that motion. I think Virtua Fighter Two is a is it's a 480i game. I think. Corey, uh, can you show that menu screen? Because that's a good deinterlacing. Oh yeah, menu you screen could... back there. Yeah, well, yeah. You should be able to next, see it. Next here, game, here. next game, you'll see it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a, I mean it's a pretty big deal uh, mm-hmm. that that that's in there. Um, you know, y- y'all were telling me too that uh, this is something that that kind of blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rama or Rama, you know, I'm not exactly sure uh, how he prefers his name to be uh, pronounced, but um, I-, I had no idea he's like such a Renaissance man. Oh God, um, he's a genius. I mean. The the number the things that he has had his hand in is like so mind-bogglingly diverse. I mean, uh-huh. I had no cl- I, I knew that he, um, you know, had had a hand in. You know, I knew he did X Station and 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 this. But you guys told me he's also the creator of the PCSX2 emulator. Yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know if he's the creator, but he's definitely one of the larger contributors to it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like that. He might that, be the creator. I, I don't know for sure. Um, but like, I mean, that's. It, it's so interesting to me because that is just such a impressive range of uh, contributions. Because um, you know, you you think you know major software emulator. You mm-hmm. think uh, upscaler Big, project mm-hmm. and a original hardware ODE mod like the, 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 you know, mm-hmm. you know we've got all the people who are you know original hardware or nothing emulation or nothing FPGA or nothing and people are you know arguing about what's best what's this 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 and that you know everyone has their their favorite that they feel like you know has to has to be the best you know. But then here's this guy contributing to all of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's, it's so cool to see one person uh, just like interested in 
doing all that. I mean, it's just it's just fascinating to me. Like that's mm-hmm. that's so cool. Yeah, his skill level has me kind of like it gives me something to aspire for because <laughs> I'm relatively new into the retro gaming scene again. Like I wasn't here for a long time, and then like. I came back and I've been getting into this stuff and learning how to do all this cool stuff and learning about how the signals work. But then there are people like him. Um, I, I was talking with him one night and he said like his EE skills are self-taught. And wow. that was like mind blowing to me. I was like, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that I'm sure that's the case for a, a, a lot of people and that, you know, that, that does not dis- discount their, their talents by any means like that's in some ways you might almost respect that more <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and, and ram has been super great to us he's helped us out when we've had questions with the aio he's helped out with some of our testers um he's been just really very helpful he actually has one of the aio units we sent him one um, so he's had a chance to look at, for people that don't know, the unit looks, uh, something like this. It's kind of like the, the OSSC where it's oh, like a sandwich that, board. Yeah. The, the camera's not on screen right now. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Here I am holding it up. Sorry. So, I, I, I think it's important to, I guess I could switch it back here in a second. No, Which, it's, it's all good. Leave it on the games. The, the non, uh, AIO version, like the, it's, it's very, very DIY. I mean, there is. Because mm-hmm. right, you, you got one of just the basic one. Uh, did Bob send it to you? Yeah, yeah. Bob put it together, and you know, it's got a lot of wires and everything going on with it. But the the AIO makes it so it's just like a much more approachable thing to have and like to, in, to, yeah, in, to integrate. And it's very much set up. Uh, you guys were telling me that the whole point is that you want to be able to set it up and then forget it you don't even have to like dig it out right. and one of the coolest things about it is that to to uh access the menu you do it you do it through uh through wi-fi you connect it to your mm-hmm. your local wi-fi and then you can access the the um the menu from a browser so once mm-hmm. you kind of put it away you don't really have to see it yeah that's correct um yeah. and, and and of course there are going to be people that want to tweak settings and stuff like that that inevitably have to touch it to get it perfect for everything that they play but i think when you um when you uh for most people when they when once you set it up and you put it into your system you'll kind of just leave it where it's at and yeah. one of the nice things about the gbsc aio and the gbsc firmware is uh, the way that that firmware works with the true with the true uh, view scalar chip on the gbs board is it tries to perform some calculations to get the best looking picture every time you run video through it. So you don't have to really have profiles per se, like you do with the OSSC. Every time you run a signal through it, the scaler is going to try to figure out the best settings for it. Other And the, uh, pretty much the, uh, the only settings you have to, to, to set is resolution. And once it knows the resolution output, it, it will, it will figure out the best settings for it. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, <clears throat> The, I mean, Corey was having a lot of trouble getting that just regular GBS control to work with with mm-hmm. his stuff, and I think it, it seems to me what you guys are trying to do is make a, a a product that is ready for the average person to use. I mean, yeah, this is this is the retro gaming hardware community. You're definitely going to have to have a little bit of, uh, you know, at least basic, uh, you know 
skills at, at configuring things, but you don't have to be a master at it. Like this, right. this, this feels like a product that is as ready for the, uh, you know, general consumption as, you know, something like the OSSC where, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it, it is, it, you know, you, you can go deep with it if you want, but like it, it is easily usable for, right for 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 the average person and you know definitely mm -hmm. offers offers some tools you know may, maybe it's not the one and only scaler that you you want to have but you know maybe you want to connect your ps2 to it or your ps1 mm -hmm. or saturn or something some of those systems that do give you uh problems and and, and those libraries have a lot of 480i content in them and I think that that's one of the things where the GBSC firmware does really well is that that it handles 480i very good. It handles resolution switching very good. Um, and, and, and those fifth gen consoles and above, it really shines with those. Now, I think yeah. it personally, I think it looks really good with the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. Um, I, 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 you know, I think it looked, I think overall, I think most people would be very happy with the picture that they saw out of it. Um, I, one of the things that we've gotten, and I've seen it pop up here in the chat a couple times, is that um, there, people are asking, does it come with the clock mod? And we are very excited to announce that all of the AIO boards will now come with the clock mod. And we actually ordered a bunch of clock boards uh, this last week. And um, uh, Zero himself has agreed to go ahead and install those in all of the GBSC AIOs. So in terms of the experience with the AIO, it's probably the Cadillac experience of the GBSC and GBS control. Uh, and it, it's, it's packaged in a nice little uh, package for everybody where you won't have to do much. You don't have to put anything together. Um, you'll be able to enjoy the great motion, uh, motion adaptive, the interlacing and fast resolution switching. It should be virtually plug and play for most people. There was a $2 super chat from uh, Aaron Welsh uh, saying, can this take TTL level sync for RGBS? And I believe the answer is yes, because that's what the sync track is all about, right? So it can take it right off the D-sub for, for, for TTL video or TTL sync. Um, you could hook that up right with a um, with just like a VGA to BNC cable. Uh, or uh, if you're going to run like a, a CGA video or VGA video into the that we'd recommend that you use TTL sync when you're using that D sub. Mm -hmm. the, the inputs, the inputs are on this side. So mm -hmm. like that's, I'm wondering that's what the, the TTL is for. And then the out, the outputs are on this side. So, this well, and then you have the SCART port on the side too, though. Right. So. right. The, SCART port, the SCART port is not something that's native to the GBS, uh, 8,200. Mm -hmm. So I've seen a lot of people kind of mention the, uh, like, like sometimes there's a little bit of a like a pinkish tint or a kind of a, a a purplish tint overall. I'm not sure if that's because I'm using. So I'm feeding everything like even RGB stuff just for in terms of convenience. I'm feeding them through a um, an RGB. I'm one of, my, one of Mike Cheese RGB to comp transcoders just so I can run everything in. And <coughs> as far as I know, in the the GBS user interface, there's no way to adjust specific color levels. Correct. So you can use, well, you could, there kind of is, kind of isn't. So um, there is an automatic gain control that you can turn on and off. And that right. kind of will like reset and rebalance the colors as needed. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, gets back to what I was talking about earlier with that, that TrueView chip tries to figure out what it thinks are going to be the best settings and apply them for the, for the video with the GBSC control firmware. Right. Okay. Um, one of the things that I have talked about with Rama and, and, and maybe it will be added to the firmware is individual RGB BIOS control. And uh, you can actually access those settings with inside the registers on the scalar chip. Like, so if you were to connect with like a serial terminal, you can mm -hmm. actually kind of tweak those a little bit, but they're not available in the GBSC uh, firmware. Because I wonder if that would help with like some of the black levels. I think people are saying like, oh, the black levels, like it looks a little, like it's like a little bit brighter. And I've, I've messed with the gain because like I, the auto gain sometimes is, is a little bit too, too bright. But so I've like kind of manually set it for, um, mm -hmm each one because if, if it goes too bright or if it's too dark you start to see like some noise and solid colors mm -hmm. so i've i've tried to dial it in as best as i can you still see like some of that noise it doesn't really show up on on stream or in a capture card i think that might just be like i see it on my tv because it doesn't really show up on on any capture that i've done uh, mm -hmm. it just might be the way that might maybe my tv settings or something uh, there, was a, there was another uh, $2 super chat from Aaron Welsh again. Thank you. Uh, saying, uh, does the VGA input have a LPF and does it need it? I mean, I guess that's probably in uh, relation to the OSSC VGA input. Does not it it does it. not need the LPF. Um, I believe that the way that the, 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 the TrueView scalar chip works and with the, the control firmware, it applies. It's a little bit softer. You won't need a low-pass filter with it. I can tell you without a doubt that it has the effect of doing a low-pass filter. I was uh, testing a Genesis that had some significant jail bar noise, mm -hmm. and it definitely filtered out all the jail bar noise from the uh, Genesis. Hmm. Yeah, you know, that that's something that's interesting because, uh, you know, I thought I, you know, was one of those lucky people who had a, a Genesis with no jail bars because uh, I couldn't see them on the Frame Meister. Uh, and I couldn't really see them on a CRT either. Uh, but then I got the OSSC and it's like, you know, you can just see a little bit more of those imperfections because the, the OSSC is so, uh, I, I, I don't know if this is maybe the word to use, but it's very literal, I think, with its, with its conversion. You know, it's just kind of showing you it is what it, it you know, it, how it is. You know, it's, it's showing you the, the, the true signal uh, in a lot of ways. So, uh, you know, I can in certain situations definitely see uh, jail bars on, uh, on, the, on the OSSC, but it's like less visible on FrameLizer. So I'd be curious to see. I bet they I, disappear on the, on the GBSC. Yeah, control. yeah, I haven't tried my Genesis on it yet, but uh, I'd, I'd be curious. I saw someone saying earlier, like, is there any uh, uh, quality loss from converting VGA to HDMI, and like, I, I don't know really what the what the processing chain of the whole thing is, but like, you know, at some point, I mean, you're starting off analog anyway, and you know, at some point in every you know upscaler conversion, you're you're uh, that's ultimately ending up at HDMI. I mean, there is a digital to analog conversion. I don't know if there's like an unnecessary conversion somewhere in the chain possibly, but I mean, that's, that's all on, I guess the, uh, the adapter that you've used mm -hmm. for, for converting. I mean, I don't, do, 
comparisons, Bob would be curious to see how it compares to the Frame Meister because the Frame Meister does kind of, I mean, it has noise of its own. They're like, see, I'm looking at this now loading screen. Um, that, that sort of dark uh, blackish color that was part of that screen is very much the kind of color that on the Frame Meister, I would expect to see maybe some noise, even sort of the, the middle flat greens on the mountains in this background. On the Frame Meister, I would expect there to be just kind of some weird stuff going on in there. Uh, and obviously we're looking at this on a stream, so you couldn't really say for sure, but uh, I, I doubt it has that same kind of noise. I, I mean, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's not like the most amazing, you know, A to D uh, thing ever, but uh, I, I'm sure it's it's chosen to be uh, a good but economical. It is. So, well, yeah, and, I mean, and to be up, I mean, you can see it. I mean, it's mm -hmm. you can see it with its casing right here. I mean, I've seen things mm -hmm. that look very much like it before. It's got the the 3.5 millimeter to embed the audio mm -hmm. into the HD. So yeah, and that's a fair a fair assessment. So we used a, a, a VGA to HDMI adapter. Um, we used a, a VGA to HDMI adapter, and um, you know it it we did this for a couple of reasons. First of all, to get around some of the HDMI licensing. Mm. Um, when we use a separate adapter like that, and we just throw it on there, it makes things a lot easier for us. So. Uh, the original manufacturer is the one that's paying for the HDMI. Yeah. Right? But, you know, those, I mean, it's worth pointing out that those, I mean, you know, if, if people were ever, ever curious, you can get, um, well, of course, I'm thinking of the reverse, but you can get for like really cheap on Amazon, like HDMI to VGA the other way around, like in the low lag and they're really cheap. And it's kind of weird how good they are uh, for for the cost. Now, I'm sure you can get the other way around as well. So, I mean, you know, this stuff, um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I mean, just like the GBS itself is kind of a, do it. a budget device, uh, you know, you can actually get some decent <laughs> stuff, I think, out of some of these things if you pick and choose the right pieces. Lost to... uh, there was uh, there was a uh, $5 super chat from uh, EB Chill 2. Uh, thank you. Uh, saying, uh, would this work on the 3DO as a downscaler? I haven't found a Japanese 3DO yet. It's, it's, what was it? what, what, What's the model that has the 240p switch, Corey? FZ something? Like the FZ1 the, of the Japanese version has the, has the 240p switch. Yeah, so if you fed 3DO 480i into this, would it look just as good as if you had? Yeah, I, I mean, as far as I know, like I thought it could do downscaling from 40i, or you know, it could take 40i to make it 240p, just like be. But I think I somehow got that to work randomly before, but it does not do that. Yeah, it so wants a 480p 40 signal, or, or I mean, for, 480p to 240p. Is that what it right. does? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you do have to have. 480p input, which I mean, there are like you know classic game and arcade game compilations. Should I do some PS2? like Xbox and GameCube and PS? I don't know about PS2, but I would definitely say on Xbox and GameCube, there's probably some that are 480p. I know like the Zelda Collector's Edition and stuff. Um, you know, you can get 480p out of that, um, but. Uh, 
But yeah, the um, so I guess it wouldn't work for 3DO unless you somehow de-interlaced it first. But then you're you're probably <laughs> you're probably then doing too many things to the signal and adding a ton of lag. Well, I mean that that's one system that I wish I had one laying around to test with, but I just mm -hmm. couldn't come up with the 3DO in any way, shape, or form. So. I wonder if it's possible for Rama to add um, to add 480i deinterlacing or 480i to 240p, or if that's just too if there's a, a technical limitation there. Well, I mean, I, I can't say for certain, but if I recall correctly, whenever I first started playing with the downscaling, I think I had it downscaling some other signals besides 480p. Like, hmm. I swear at some point I had it doing 720p from my Switch, but I could be mistaken. <laughs> uh, what's what's the highest resolution signal that you can input into the thing? Uh, it should support up to, I want to say, 1600 or 1280 by 1600. Um, oh, okay. That would be through the, the, the D sub uh, on the front. Can you do, uh, can you, can you input 1080i into it and deinterlace it? No. Or, or to deinterlace it, yes. To deinterlace de it, yes, not downscale it. Right. But yeah, if you just, if you wanted 1080i in, 1080p out, it can do that. I'm going to play Shattered Soldier because, like, we always feel like this is. The... I was playing it earlier. I was playing it on mine earlier. It was the second game I played on it. Because this one is—it's a very good way to show like problems with deinterlacing. Which, which for the record is something that anything that does motion adaptive. Yeah, the PS3. Even the PS3. <laughs> even the PS3, with its, you know, internal. Uh, handling of the, you know, it's all digital internal handling of PS2 games. Even the PS3 has the interlacing errors here. I don't think they're, because with a 60 frames per second game and the 60 hertz flicker, I just don't think there's any way that you could to make it look good, on. period. That's super loud. Hang on. I don't know. Oh, the game, it is a loud game. You might need to turn it down, I guess. Yeah, I guess I have um, a save game that has 99 credits. On here, wow! I must have downloaded it so I could show. Yeah, it. probably. <laughs> uh, Definitely. A, uh, there was a five dollars super chat from um, B uh, Benjamin uh, Castaneos. Uh, I hope I didn't butcher your name too badly. Uh, saying, "How can one connect a Dreamcast to the GBS control? Mine doesn't seem to like the Dreamcast at all." Okay, so there's with our unit. There's two different ways. You could go through the SCART port, which we've added, or you could go through the the VGA. So do you if 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 you're just doing a regular VGA signal from the Dreamcast? Uh... It should work fine. Mine works. The, the the couple Dreamcast units that I have work great. Um, I have heard that some people have problems downscaling with the Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, I uh, I mean, you know, I've I've got like this really cheap uh, VGA uh, cable that uh, that. Uh, that I that I use with a Dreamcast connected to my VGA monitor, and like in that context, it looks totally fine. Like, I mean, you don't necessarily need anything complicated unless you're worried about games that don't support 480p and stuff like that. Um, but you know, if you're if you're doing other things with it, you know, it, it, it probably doesn't hurt to get like a, a nice cable. Like I've got uh, um, the uh, the Retro Access SCART cable that actually has like a 480 
like a like a 15 kilohertz 31 kilohertz switch on it so you can play those 480i and 240p dreamcast games um just by clicking that switch i believe the board inside that was designed by dan if i'm not if i'm not mistaken um there's that then you know the the hd retrovision uh you know is is hopefully a, a thing eventually uh but uh you know so those are you know i i think more convenient ways but like if you're not worried about making like reference quality dreamcast signal or something like especially just going into like a vga monitor or something you can you honestly can get away with a cheap cable um <laughs> i don't think that's i don't think that's a problem at all like i used to think you had to have a vga but I, I don't think that's actually the case. There was a, a five pound uh, donation from Engine UK. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, I got an HDMI discard adapter for my PC Engine Mini. Amazed how good it is. Going into my Sony UK RGB CRT. Uh, downscaled for uh, six euros would lo- love a quality alternative. That, that's that's interesting. I, I, it, does it look interlaced though going into your into your crt i wonder because like for example that that's what would happen with like a playstation 3. Um, i mean that's i mean that's real that's a really interesting uh, uh method and you know if if the flicker if like the interlacing flicker isn't that obvious then you know that's yeah, that, that, that certainly sounds like an interesting solution but like you know the ps3 for example now, so you'll see i think that the flickering looks pretty good in this. Like when you, I mean, you see it like some of that artifacts that you would normally see, but just in general, I mean, you'll see it here. I mean, it's impossible to avoid it completely. I mean, Bobby Interlace, I guess would be fine, but that has its own set of quirks to it. Right, right, right. If you're doing motion adaptive the interlacing, I think you're always going to see those coming artifacts on a 60 Hertz flicker. But the thing is, I don't think that kind of behavior is super common in 480i games right i mean yeah yeah exactly um you know if there is a flicker like i think it would be more of like a 30 hertz flicker rather than a 60 hertz flicker i don't know if that's really the right terminology to be using but i think it's a slightly you know like a every every two frames flicker instead of every other frame um you know especially with this game being uh i'm pretty sure field rendered um, I mean, there's just there's just a lack of information uh, going to any device that's doing the interlacing uh, to to really know what to do. Now, this is such a good game, but it is so hard. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you think that this is? You think this is oh, the hardest game you've ever beaten? It's up there. It's and and the thing is, like I like there's. I've beaten it, but done like the bare minimum beat. Like there's like two whole levels that you can unlock if you play the uh, all of the uh, stages with like perfect rankings and stuff like that, which I can't, I just, I can't even imagine. It's like so difficult to just get through the game normally. It is such a hard game. There was a five Canadian uh, donation from uh, Vladimir uh, Haljkovic saying, uh, Zero, thanks for shipping Mr. Stuff to Niagara Falls this past spring. Everyone, 
Haven't tested my Mayflash 500 arcade stick. What do I need to know? Well, I don't know anything about the Mayflash arcade stick. I, all I know is I've got a Mayflash Wii U uh, a wireless dongle for PC games, and it's 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 my PC controller of choice uh, for the the Wii U Pro controller. That's that's my only <laughs> experience with uh, with Mayflash. I need to get some arcade sticks for all my setup here, but I'm ultimately waiting till I have some downtime and can set up my gaming room and my stream setup. What's that? Uh, what's that? Is that is that some sort of bl black monitor? Is like a C or CRT or some kind? Oh, no, that one is an LCD. Then I've got a uh, Threadripper build I did over there that needed some work. The SSD died in it. Oh, 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 no, I wasn't looking at that. I, I, is that a computer case then on the left? That one? Yeah. Yeah, that's a computer tower. Oh, okay, okay. I, on the stream, it kind of looked like some sort of weird, like the, the shiny face of it looked like some sort of weird CRT of some kind. Yeah, you got be a little bit confused. I've got a brand new e-machines on the floor over here. I'm going to mess up my camera. <laughs> But yeah, I got a brand new e-machines monitor that I need to unbox. I got lucky and found that new for 70 bucks. And then I'll give you guys the old workshop tour. I've got a couple different monitors just laying around I test with. I just wanted to call out one of the super chats because they were asking, they didn't see it get announced. And, uh, and, and especially because this one's so great because it mentions uh, zero. And that was from uh, Vadomir. I'm going to butcher his oh, name. Yeah, I'm very sorry. Yeah, the $5 Canadian and yeah. the thing yeah, yeah. for zero for the Mr. Stuff. There's oh, also, yeah. there's also, I, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to say, yeah, man, no problem. I believe in getting helping my customers however I can. It was no problem to ship to you. Niagara Falls, that's like up, up in my uh, neck of the woods when I was when I was growing up. I, I, I guess I, I talked to how uh, Maximo versus Army of Zen looks. It's such a nice looking game. And yeah. I think it looks really good on the GBSC AIO. That was one of the games that I played a lot on my own yeah. uh, with it. Yeah, it's I, I really unfortunate they were forced to do Final Fight Street Streetwise after this. <laughs> yeah, which I think like I would love to see a Final Fight game done in the with like the Yakuza engine. Like I think that would be incredibly awesome. I know that that's kind of like what Final Fight Streetwise wanted to be like and just never made it but well yeah i like, mean streetwise is looking at it, it now is it, is, it is such a product of whatever whenever it came out like 2005 or whatever it is like exactly like the stupidest version of that year you can think of <laughs> and it's, 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 oh yeah it's embarrassing to 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 play it now i think mm -hmm. i think you know like all the 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 characters, the, the voice acting, the dialogue is extremely embarrassing. Extremely terrible. There was also, before I see another uh, donation popped up, but I want to say that there was a, there was $4.20 via Super Chat from a TB Adventures saying, is Framemeister still king? <laughs> it's the right tool for the right job. Um, yeah. each, each each device has it, it things that it really excels at. Um, I think all of them are generally good all-around scalers, um, and each have their 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 need and their purpose. And each one will check the box for somebody, depending on how their setup is. Right. right. I mean, the thing you know, the thing I always like to say: if you've got a Frame Meister, it's still an excellent device. But yeah. we don't generally 
go out of our way to recommend it nowadays because it's out of production and you know and it's like six hundred dollars now yeah it's very expensive now so like don't go out of your way to uh buy one now just because you you know saw one of our older videos and that was you well, know, there was a comment a long time ago that says you know like i can't believe they're recommending this thing is like six hundred dollars i'm like well it wasn't when five years ago when this video was made yeah but uh, i mean it's still it's still expensive at the yeah, time yeah i mean though, you too. know you know i mean so there there's you know between between the ossc and the uh, the RetroTink uh, devices and and this, like there are, you know, you don't have to spend more than like, you know, 130 US dollars plus, you know, possibly shipping depending on, on what you're buying to to kind of get in the, to oh. get uh, in the door on on scaling anymore. It's it's a very different time now than it was when uh, the Frame Meister came out, you know, like, like right now, like I think like the RetroTink uh, 2X Mini is like the, you know, the the lowest cost thing that like I'm willing to recommend as a, you know, a gaming focused scaler. I mean, yeah, you can get things for $30 on Amazon, but they aren't made for, for game content. You know, they aren't optimized for it. the OS or the, the RetroTink is you know so i mean you've got this this range of devices and they all have their their place and the frame meister still has its place but don't feel like oh it's the it's the be all end all i gotta get one you know i got i gotta shell out all this money uh for one that's that's not the case so one of the things like while we're talking about frame meister costs it's popping up a lot in the chat is what is this going to cost and so so I think we should set some fair expectations for everybody. The first thing is, is it's going to be somewhere around the cost of the OSSC and the RetroTank products. Um, you might be wondering, why don't we have a price pinned down right now? We're, we're still making them. We want to get through the production of all of them and, and then we'll set a cost. But I can tell you that it's going to be around the OSSC and the, the, the RetroTank products cost. Uh, the next thing is, is where can we order one? Well, you can order one from the GBSC AIO website. Also, we're not going to open pre-orders until we're done building the first batch of them. Mm. So once we're done building the first batch, when you guys order them, they should ship relatively soon because they'll already be built. And um, it was a decision that we made uh, uh, early on into this project that we didn't want to we didn't want to do the pre-order thing without actually coming to pro coming to market with the actual product. Uh, there's been too many things in the retro community where something happens to one of the developers or where they run into problems or something doesn't work out. And then people are caught holding the bag. Um, I actually got caught on one of those projects. I won't mention them on the stream, but um, I, I lost a couple hundred bucks on it because the, the proprietor of that product never brought it all the way forward. And uh, I just feel like it's the right thing for us to do rather than that. I should go ahead and finance and, and put this all out and get these built and get them all there before we start taking orders. And um, the other thing to, to, to know is I'm only doing this first batch of them. After that, I won't do any more. Um, Zero may make more um, and other people may make them because I'm going to release the plans for the AIO board open source. Uh, that was part of my agreement with uh, with Tinkerplunk. Uh, who designed the boards that's jacob proctor is that he gave me a good price on doing the board layout and design with me um 
as long as I released it open source. And so as soon as we sell out of my first batch of them, that's when it will go open source. Uh, there was also a super chat from uh, Game and Clyde. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Saying, I hope you're doing well. Uh, have you had any compatibility issues with certain consoles? Neo Geo MVS doesn't seem to like it. Also, tell Zero I said hi. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, with Neo Geo MVS, you're you're dealing with you know a variety of possible well, also, super or yeah. That are it's also. It. It suffers from the same problem as like the NES and SNES, so like with the D-Jitter. I didn't realize so that was I, like a... Oh, is that a Neo thing as well? No, it's not a D-Jitter. I actually was talking to Rama about this last week. And one of the things he told me is some there is one model of the MVS that doesn't seem to work well with the, with the GBSC firmware. And, and somebody actually sent him, he just got it recently, um, this particular MVS model. I have I have an MVS model and it works great. I've I've actually got videos on my channel with with it through the AIO. So uh, I think it depends. And there were quite a few different revisions and models of the MVS. And I think it depends on which one you have. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think Rama might be looking at. I know somebody sent him one of the models that's known to be problematic. I don't know which one it is off the top of my head. Um, so we can so, expect uh, like future mm-hmm. firmware updates as well. Um, I, well, so Rama's firmware is open source. I know that he will take GitHub polls and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, feature requests and whatnot. And from time to time, things do, uh, actually zero submitted him a, uh, a, a feature enhancement that I think he will probably end up pulling into his GitHub repository. So, so yeah, yeah anybody really, can submit a PR. I really like seeing, uh, uh, Maximo and versus the army of Zen. I love the title of this game. I love seeing it, you know, kind of being so visible here because I was using this game actually uh, back when I did the big PS2 RGB episode to kind of settle on uh, some ideal Framemeister uh, PS2 settings because, uh, you know, if you don't, this game in particular feels like it can be way too dark. Right. In some situations. And definitely the Framemeister suffers, or not the Framemeister, but the uh, OSSC suffers from it being too dark sometimes too. Yeah. I could probably um, show that actually. Hang on. Let's see if I can. And if you're playing it on a CRT and you've got like too much light in the room, this game is just, it's just very difficult to see. Uh, I think so a lot of games from the PS2 era were very dark. Yeah. Um, I try this. Some games like it, it almost seems like they expected you to adjust your CRT or something just because mm-hmm. they sometimes could be. Corey, I just want to make sure too that you don't have the uh, YPRPB switch turned on right now on the on the GBSC AIO. That's another thing that will brighten up the picture significantly if you do have that turned on. Uh, let me take a look. It may because I just moved it to another place unless I bumped it. Hang on, let me check it. Take a look. And it's not really recommended that that be on for this, but it is one of those things that will brighten up the picture. Yeah, I can honestly say I've used it to uh, cheat a couple of times. <laughs> I, 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 when I did my testing, I had it off. I haven't, I haven't tried it yet. It's 
technically it's not really good to leave that switch on if you're in RGB mode because it's uh, outputting the improper voltage, but generally most stuff is tolerant enough to handle it just fine. Mm -hmm. I just I some sort of change happened, but I'm not sure if it was uh, good or bad. Okay. No, it was not on. It was, it's not on. Okay. So if you turn it on, you'll see a significant brightness. Yeah, I, I switched it and you'll see it. I, okay. I mean, just for a second during the stream, you would see it. Do it. Um, uh, I, no, I just no, moved it to a different place in my setup uh, yesterday, so that's why I, I need to make think, sure because I, in case I bumped it or something. There was a, there was a two Canadian uh, super chat from from Breath of the Wild saying uh, the Frame Meister is gutter trash. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, and if 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 it is, you know, not at all your your solution, I I guess that can be fair. But I don't I don't think that's the case for everyone. Uh, you know, I think. Uh, uh, you know, I, th I think for a lot of people, the, the frame Meister ticks a lot of, of boxes for them. I mean, I would mm. not, again, I mean, I the colors here are definitely looking kind of weird. I mean, on, on my PVM, it's like showing, like, you can't really see a lot of the green. It's, it's definitely has a bit of a, a reddish tint to it. So I'm going to see if one of the things, I mean, there's different settings that, I mean, like sometimes the oversampling helps with it, but. I'm not sure if it's going to... I just think if you want reference quality video, the, the GBSC AIO is not going to be the device for you. But okay. I think overall it's a good picture. Um, it's got some neat neat features and neat things. Um, I think, you know, it's important to... Um, I just hit the... Uh, like, to, like if I put the, hit the oversampling to 4X, uh, it looks a lot more correct now. So, I mean... Oh. And one thing I didn't realize until today is that each of the the save um, the uh, presets, like mm -hmm. each preset saves for the different resolutions. So like like preset one will have NTSC and also NTSC 480p in the same preset. So it'll detect what it's receiving and it will load that preset uh, based on what it's receiving. So it will come up with the, the correct preset. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I, I didn't even realize that that was the case. Yeah. Until... Yeah. The presets will save that stuff. Um, so one of the things about the, the GBSC control firmware and the GBS uh, hardware is talking about how they work together and how they produce a picture. For so long, I think so many in retro gaming have been caught up in the 4X, 5X, 3X, 2X modes. And if like if they see something outside of that, they're confused of it. And so the GBSC firmware and hard and GBS hardware actually take a slightly different approach to this. Right. Um, they to 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 wrap it up in kind of like a neat package that people can understand simply. There's only a couple things you have to keep in mind. The first thing is is what do you want the output resolution to be? Once the GBSC firmware knows this, what it does is it generally will sample the horizontal or the uh, the vertical resolution with an integer scale. Generally, it's not always going to be an integer scale. It'll be real close to it. Then it will take the horizontal re resolution and it will up up sample it, and it will up sample the signal. Then, after it up samples that signal, it will it will reduce it or down downsize it. And that's how the scaling works on this. So the, the, that true view scaler tries to pick the best based on what the horizontal and the vertical resolutions are and tries to fit, fit the best fit 
for it. And it does a really good job of figuring that out. Now, the other part of this is why do we have resolution free switching or fast switching? And this is because it basically writes each as it's drawing the picture, it's scanning the field and it takes each field and it writes it to uh, to SD RAM. And as it reads from that 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 SD RAM, uh, it reads from a different place in the field. And so it's constantly buffering in and buffering out. That's why you have that sub one frame of lag. That sub one frame of lag is the um, is that reading one field and another part in the field at the same time. And that's pretty much why you have the uh, the, the flicker free resolution switching. So it's just a different approach to scaling. Is, is that something that you could not do with another type of RAM? Um, it's just the way that the TrueView chip and video sources work and how it, it, it produces that it's, it's why you have that, that sub frame of, I, I hate to call it lag. It's more of like a buffer. Mm -hmm. And that's like a, a really like oversimplified version of how it all works together. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't quite wrap my head around all of that, but like, you know, there, it's been interesting to see, you know, just here very recently, you know, a few different approaches to, to that no drop, uh, uh, ideal, you know, what last week we streamed the PS one digital and, you know, it's got several methods, you know, depending on, um, depending on your game, depending on your setup, you know, that you might want to choose one mode or another. Um, oh, and speaking uh, speaking of of the PS1 digital and the, the stream that we did last week, um, Dan actually got in contact with me uh, on Monday because he, uh, I guess he did actually report to Rama uh, when I, early in Spyro, I had those, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the cutscene audio stopped playing at some point. And Dan just like said, hey, I'm talking to Rama. Like, I just wanted to clarify some some details yeah yeah because uh, uh, a new firmware came out like this week so i wonder if it's fixed in that new firmware oh a new firmware for x station or ps1 digital uh x station oh okay well um uh dan was saying that that their theory you know i don't i don't know if their theory changed because you know this was just what he was saying when i guess he had just presented it, uh the problem to rama um he said uh you know that their their working theory was that the overclock mode that I had on uh, had something to do with it. And I said, well, that was my guess too, and that's why I, you know, I turned it off and went back to Force 240 mode because I mean there there was no reason to have uh, any of that on for that game anyway, since it's you know it doesn't have resolution switching, um, uh, and but that's what I was guessing, and I never saw that issue again. By the way, it's kind of funny, I. <laughs> You know, I started playing Spyro 2 last week on the on the PS1 digital. Uh, and when I when I uh, went to my parents' house last week, I uh, I brought my my PS2 uh, 9000 and hooked it up composite on a CRT there to finish the game. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I played that game. Uh, from beginning to end in a wide range of uh, configurations. 
actually looks pretty decent in composite, to be oh, honest. Yeah, yeah. PS1 does look pretty, generally looks pretty good in composite, I think. Just yeah, in general. I mean, 3D, early 3D on a CRT composite, not necessarily so bad. <laughs> um, I'm going to finish this level and I'll play something else. Does anybody have anything that they'd like me to play? I think everybody wants you to play Chrono, Chrono Cross. All right. <laughs> I can definitely right. do that. Uh, there was a super chat from, uh, from old Craig Wan. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, saying, uh, sorry, I missed you guys last Sunday. I was celebrating my 36th birthday. Well, that's, uh, I, I, I did the same earlier this year myself. Uh, and wow, this upscaler is impressive. I want one. Keep up the amazing work. It's, so we can't yeah. take credit. This is, this is Rama's excellent firmware. All we've done is kind of made an add on board for it. And, uh, but thank so you for the nice compliments. Ready, ready to go. Yeah. Solution. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's a lot to be said be, about that because it's, I mean, you as, 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 as it is, like, as a DIY thing, it's like, oh, it's like, it's, it's messy. And, but just like having something that, that is like the AIO where it's just like a all in one package that doesn't have like a billion wires that you might bump and have them come loose. Mm -hmm. Like, that, mm -hmm. that, there is a lot to be said for, uh, well, yeah, a lot of GBSC home DIY builds look more like a hydro with three power supplies exactly. and a sink strike and a, and this box and that box and a bunch of wires and I mean it might be something like uh, a rat's nest project, but uh, yeah. we've tried to boil it down to where it's just one power supply. Um, you know, it's clean, it's nice. You can you don't have to take anything apart to to, to like disconnect or reconnect things. Uh, you know, I just feel like we've we've refined it a little bit, and we're we do want to give our credit to Rama. On the bottom of every GBSC AIO is a link to Rama's "Buy Me a Coffee." Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, this is a yeah, this is a donation to Rama. Thank you for his excellent firmware. We want to give credit where credits due. So, and that's on every of all the ones that I'm going to to sell in this first batch. It'll be on the bottom. So, um. Um. Yeah, one of the other things that I think is really neat about this is <clears throat> I see a lot of people asking if it can do this or that. I, I might want to take the time to remind everybody that this is an open source project. You can contribute and you can help make improvements to this. If you really see a feature that you want and you have the know-how, hop in and help out. Yeah. Or if you want to try to get the knowledge to help hop in and help out. Ram has been super friendly about, you know, telling us, hey, this works like that or this. And uh, just the community around it has really been very, very good. Um, and I think that if somebody did want to kind of hop into something more, um, you know, you know, there could be an opportunity for somebody there. I mean, that's cool. I mean, and it's it's a good uh, it's a good thing to have in the community to have sort of this place for more people to gain this uh mm -hmm. under this working understanding of uh of you know how you know scan conversion works i guess mm -hmm. well i learned a whole lot about analog video signals throughout this process of trying to make sure that this thing outputted inspect signals like before that like i knew what they were but i didn't really understand how to really properly read them 
now like I can actually look at a signal on my oscilloscope and be like, oh yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. I thought that was really cool. I, I just take oscilloscope footage that I've shot at other people's houses. And I'm just like, okay, look at the cool lines. I'm going, I'm going to plop that in my, my video. That looks cool. I don't know what it means. It just looks. I think I grabbed the right memory card. I looked up my, my memory card save file master list. So we're going to see if I can play a different part. You've actually got a decent, decent save in this game. After this game, I think you should play like a, uh, like a Super Nintendo game or some some like like just some really clean looking sprite based game because we haven't really seen that yet. Sonic Two for the resolution switches. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. I got here. Chrono Cross is one of those games that I've been dying to play forever. Chrono Trigger has to be by far one of my favorite SNES games ever. It's you know it's it's a divisive game because it's not. It's it's maybe not the sequel people wanted. It's a very different game <laughs> with a very different sort of scope. Uh, you know, it, it takes place in uh, an archipelago, uh, you know, versus, you know, it, it takes place in an archi archipelago with like two versions of one world, you know, versus the original game that is, you know, spans the entire globe and takes place in like five or something different time periods, you know? So it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's, it's very different. Uh, the connections to the original game are tenuous and divisive, uh, but I, I love it. I, I think it's a great game in its own right and has, you know, what is I, I feel like most commonly voted is like the best soundtrack of all time. I mean, it's 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 a very popular pick for best soundtrack, and it uh, it it deserves that uh, that recognition. I think. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I know it's not going to be like Chrono Trigger, but it's just it's something that I've heard such mixed stuff on, and I want to find out for myself. It looks like it'll be a fun game. I, I, I do enjoy. It. I mean, it's. I don't know if you've played Xeno Gears, but it's 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 made by a lot of the team that did Xeno Gears, and uh, the, the the battle system is similar. That's actually another one I haven't played. I've got a whole long list of stuff to start playing and streaming eventually here. Now, if you look uh, look in this menu here, uh, you know the there's little green. Uh, the little green bars that are on each uh, character's uh, stat yeah, sheet. Uh, those, uh, you know, I, I believe they're just like one field tall little icons. And I very much remember uh, not understanding when I got this game, uh, you know, I got it the day it came out. And I very much remember just like not understanding why why are those dots flickering so much? <laughs> like why why do they why do they flicker? And I didn't understand that you know it was switching to this other resolution. And because there is such a um, uh, oh, were you just making some adjustments? Because I saw yeah, the, I just the, I like just like messing hey, with hey, the, with the oversampling. Like sometimes you get like a a better get better color with certain games i've found like either the 1x or the 2x hey try can you check our discord chat 
yeah, one sec. Hey, game sack. Uh, Joe, uh, this, I'm using the 1080p preset. I found the 1080p just works really well. Like generally, I I use 4x for the um, for the OSSC and basically everything. Uh, but 1080p and it also makes it easier for streaming, so it doesn't uh, switch between the resolutions so, uh, so much. And I'd have to like re like turn off the capture card and turn it back on for it to to recenter. Um, the um, the uh, the the flicker on those those uh, allocation things so that 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 really fascinated me as a kid because I was just like I, just, I you know I just didn't understand the different resolutions I didn't even understand that uh, oh now that's interesting I just saw a screen tear is that related to the I mean I know you're not running this out. You'd have to ask. You'd have to ask Corey because he's the only one that can see it right now. I don't know if it's related to his capture or not. What? But that's one of the things that we hope um, that the that the clock mod will 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 fix in the future. And it's one of the reasons why we've we've decided to go ahead and add it to every GBSC AIO. Oh, because I, I, I was just wondering if it could. I mean, I know he's playing on the same system that has the PS1 digital in. I was wondering if like his clock setting on that might uh might have anything to do with uh I, I wasn't seeing any tearing i mean i was using i, saw, I saw it on the i saw i saw a quick tear on the uh on the overhead segment oh when i get back to it i'll take another look yeah i wish we could have sent you guys one with the clock mod Uh, how how difficult is it to install after the fact? Um, you would definitely need some soldering skills. Okay. Um, it's not impossible, but um, it does require several wires to be. Um, and and actually, GameSack's here in the chat, and we actually sent him one with the clock. Oh, mark. nice. And he's telling us right now in the chat, no more tearing anymore for me. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I could always I, I could so. always send it back, right? And it could be installed. Yeah. That's yeah. Good going to suggest that if you guys uh want ones with clock mods i can swap them out for you and send it send you a uh, return shipping label for the original units sure i mean I'm... yeah it um uh i mean I, I didn't see on the little testing i've done so far but i i don't know would that is that like an hdmi only thing or would it also happen with vga it, it would happen with the vga as well it would be happening on the vga side of the of the board some and a lot of times it depends on your um oh, I, your yeah, hardware geez. you know and the video signal that you're it's been a long time that you're sending it so that's cool i i didn't know the the game sack was was testing it. i know that you had uh chris from classic gaming quarterly has also been testing it and he he really really likes it he was honestly he was one of the first paying customers for it he uh he wanted oh. to pay us for one and he wanted to test for us so we <laughs> Gladly took his money and <laughs> and and so you can whatever he's saying is you know his unbiased review he got you know he didn't we've sent him to a couple people a couple different YouTube celebrities and <laughs> asked people to kind of take him out I, I don't mean to be blowing people out and telling who we've sent things to um, but uh, 
Uh, what's this fast forward function that you're doing here? If you do, I'm doing New Game Plus. Oh. Did you not know okay. that if you hold down uh, R2, you can fast forward? It's been so long since <laughs> I did New Game Plus. I, I don't, I don't have a beat file in this game anymore. I have no clue what happened to it. Like I, I've beaten it two or three times, but I've only finished it once. Yeah, I, I, I replayed it immediately after I beat it when it first came out, because uh, I, I thought I would, you know, I'd like, oh, I wanted to get all the characters and stuff. But there was a 577 from uh, Seven Kurgan. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, saying, Corey, can you try the FF7 game over screen? That's 480i. Even, even though it does matter, I guess. I guess you meant to maybe say doesn't matter. <laughs> um, uh, I don't like to die in Final Fantasy stuff. Especially like my, if I load my save. Yeah, you've got like a stupid save on it or something. Uh, so, Voltar, the reason it's it looks like it's being like the game footage is because there's a fast forward functionality if you do a new game plus, and I'm just like holding down uh, uh, R2 to fast forward at times. If you see, if you this is how it normally is. Uh, hang on, I got. Hang on, let me turn on the analog here. This is how it normally is, but if you go like this, you can go a lot faster. I forgot. Do I gotta? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just the new game plus thing. That's like that's something that most more games should have. I like that all the the ease games, or the uh, also the trails trails of cold steel all have that on the new game plus too. I mean, I I I always think of. I mean, I'm sure it's not entirely true, but I've always thought of Chrono Triggers like the the origin of the new game plus i feel like it was the first game to call oh that was definitely the first game i can think of that i played that had a new game plus and it the idea behind that was was mind-blowing at the time yeah i mean uh (laughs) something that always disappoints me is that it's become like a popular feature in like modern games but there's all it's always like you know, like kind of a hard mode. Like, yeah, I mean, I do new game plus because I want to be easy. That, like, let you carry over your stuff quite as freely as Chrono Trigger did, and like just let you blow through the game. Like, it always seems like, oh, well, you can carry over all your stats, but now all the monsters are way well, harder. Because... Like, well, because I wanted to do a new game plus so that everything would be easy and breezy, you know? Yeah, but I mean, the whole point of the new game plus was that you can get these endings that are really early in the game that you'd never be able to do without it. Right. Right. I mean, so those endings aren't even av- technically available. Cause I think there's like a sparkle, like on the telepods oh, game right. of Chrono Trigger that like doesn't exist on your first run. Well, I mean like getting Lavos beat that first run. Good luck with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and, and you couldn't, uh, but, but- <laughs> the only way to do it is by cheating. <laughs> At least I think so. Yeah, but this this game, like you, I'm pretty sure you have to play at least twice to get every character to join. Um, because there's like some characters that I don't think will join you, depending on on choices that you uh, make throughout the game. Uh, like. I forget if they're part of like different 
like like there's definitely some choices that you can make like oh like follow this character or follow that character and you end up doing this or this or that and uh uh it uh i i forget i i'm pretty sure i i've read that it's possible to do it in two runs i don't think you have to do three runs but i guess you might but i never did it i i definitely tried but i or i guess i didn't try that hard but uh I, uh, I just, I, I, I fell short of it. So do you not have a save on here that just has like mid mid game gameplay? Cause like, no, I mean, it's I, like, I, there's something at, like probably right before the last boss. Oh yeah. The last boss in this game has no music. It's always, always such a bummer. John was telling me oh. something about how the entire soundtrack in this is just made up of samples. And therefore, it's like all these amazing compositions, but the actual file size for them is is like tiny. Oh. Like like every like every aspect of the music is is a sample. I'm sure. I mean that. I bet if you pop the lid open with a disc running, I'm sure it it plays normally. Yeah. Well, it's like you know that that blew my mind when I, you know the the first time I really had like access to a, a PS one was when a friend loaned, loaned me his and, um, uh, you know, I was playing final fantasy seven on it. And, uh, I was, I was surprised that when I popped it open, the disc stopped running, I'm like, wait, the music is still playing. Cause I was like, I was always under the impression that it was, uh, PlayStation was always streaming audio because I remember there was this argument that, you know, you know, about, you know, CD audio versus cartridge audio. And it's like, Oh, CD quality audio. Well, it can sound better, but on cartridge games, you can have stuff like Ocarina of time where the music changes like dynamically <laughs> in certain situations. You can't do that on CD systems. And, you know, at the time I thought, well, yeah, but, now I understand, obviously, that, you know, there was still sample-based uh, music that was just running on the system, not as streaming audio. Uh, so it, it, that, that kind of blew me away, kind of kind of <laughs> revised what I what I thought about the capabilities of, of CD systems. Or certainly, they certainly are capable of that dynamic uh, audio stuff, although you, you didn't see it as often from... You know, other developers, I think, you know, I think it was more of a Nintendo thing that was not maybe not necessarily informed by their uh, by their, uh, you know, hardware. Yeah, I'd love to play. It. I mean, it's just it's one of the best looking, best sounding games on the system. This? Yeah. You'd like to replay it? Yeah, I mean... I remember feeling very, very mixed on it the first time I played through. I mean, I just, mm -hmm. I love the music so much. And this is one of the few games I remember at the time. I remember downloading the soundtrack before it came out and was just amazed by it. And uh, when I played it, I think that I, I, I have a thing where I hate when you think you're going to be playing as one main character, then it changes it. Oh. Like I, I, I hate that kind of thing. So when you, like, are in, in Lynx's body in this. It I was love like, 
see at the time I was like, ugh, you know. Oh, I loved it. Made me not want to play it. I mean, how let you see the other side of it, and it's not. It's like right, right. I mean, I understand that. What happens like really far into the game? It's not like it's not like a Metal Gear Solid Two switcheroo. Right, but I mean, like it. There, I thought it was a really cool twist. There is, I mean, I can't think of a game that really pulled that. That I, at least at the time when it when it happens, that I thought that it it made me like the game more. I, oh, that definitely made me like this game more. I, lo- I I love stuff like that when it when done when done right. I mean, I didn't even have a problem with it in Metal Gear Solid Two, but you know. Well. Something that I've I've never really known too much is like, you know, to what extent are backgrounds in this game made with like CG renders versus, uh, you know, paintings? I've, I kind of wondered the same thing about Final Fantasy IX because a lot of it kind of looks more hand handmade than computer generated compared to like Final Fantasy seven or eight, which looks all computer generated. There's, there's more. Yeah. Someone in the chat here is saying, I think they're mostly painted. I agree that I, you know, at the time, like my brain was just thinking, oh, it's all computer generated. But like years later I looked at it and I'm like, that looks, that doesn't Final Fantasy nine and Chrono Cross look a little different from Final Fantasy 7 and 8 in terms of how the, in terms of whatever medium is used. Um, I wonder if I can just like equip my end end game weapons. I love the, uh, the battle victory music. It always, I, you know, that, that, that's something I kind of have a problem with because uh, I, it, it is great. It is great. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like it's um, uh, it's weird because it's, it's Luca's theme. Like that, that is, you know, you know, not just a, a track from, you know, using whatever right. manner in the original game. It's Luca's theme. And so it's kind of weird that like a character theme was repurposed for like a general theme. So I guess these are all weapons from the. Uh... Yeah, my previous playthrough. I don't know. That was. I mean, I was in college when I played through this. So. I'm so much more curious now. <laughs> what? Yeah, now you got to to uh, to play it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I didn't think they would have reused any of the music assets. Uh, I mean, there's it's a little... Like a re, it's like a remix of it, I guess, really. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of use of music from the previous game, but, like, the music that is in this, like, I would say is maybe on the, on the whole, like, probably better than Chrono Trigger's soundtrack, on the whole. Like, there's definitely moments in the original Chrono Trigger soundtrack that is is incredible but um i just remember how the chrono trigger soundtrack grew on me whenever like i got frustrated with a fight i couldn't win and i just left it sit there on pause for like hours (laughs) (laughs) i was like hey that's kind of catchy 
I mean, it's such a, it's such a, it was such a weird situation because I want to say Nobuo Oimatsu, you know, uh, started off doing the soundtrack, and some of the pieces in the game are his. But I think uh, I forget if it was <clears throat> with health reasons or some other reason, but he he kind of went off the project and then um, went back, uh, and then uh, Mitsuda kind of stepped in, and I, I don't think he'd really done much of anything before. Well, that was the best choice they could have made, really, because... Oh, absolutely. But I think, you know, he was kind of thrown was... into it, uh, you know... Sink or swim, uh, and he, like... Yeah, yeah. Definitely swim. You know, one, one thing, though, I will say about Matuda is, generally speaking, I don't think he has the best uh, battle themes. Right. Yeah, uh, what's his face is like that too, except for in the case of uh, Valkyrie Profile. Um, the guy does the Tales series. I feel like that... the, the the battle themes are never that great in those, or like in any of his games. So maybe Tales of Vesperia is weird to me. I've been playing that recently, and like that's my first playthrough of it, and. I like it, but there are certain things that just... I can't quite put my finger on it, but I don't like about it. Yeah, I, this, I mean... I've only finished two of those games, and, and Vesperia was... was good, but I cannot tell you a single thing. Except for the... the main character had long hair and carried his sword around. Like, on a... you know, like on a, like a rope thing. Or string Which thing. one was that? Tales of what? Of Vesperia. That was the Xbox oh, yeah, 360 that, one. That's the, the one that was on Xbox 360 first. And a lot of people, I think, that consider that one to be the best one. Uh, and I, I played the... What is the one that came out after that? Um, but it's just like, I really hated the main character. and, and Now, it wasn't the Tales of the Abyss, which is, I know, that has a really bad main character. As another is the second one that was on the on the PS3. Um, I don't remember. There's just yeah, so I, many I've of those games now. Symphonia that I... of the Tales games. Like I've I've always wanted to, to delve more into the series, but sometimes oh. the way that I see like people like analyze those games and stuff like kind of gets on my nerves. Like I think people <laughs> get like way too way too into it in some ways <laughs> yeah i see game game stack is saying uh, matoi sakuraba is used to be great but he's so prolific that i feel like he burnt out his creativity long ago and oh we we, we we talk about that i think we talked about that a little bit in uh one like one video that we did and we, we talked about in the in the uh the soundtrack the, the 30 day game music challenge video where all this a lot of his songs tend to sound the same and that you you called it a a a cacophony of epic sounds. <laughs> yeah. That that's uh that that that's that's always what what I have have kind of thought of it as it's like uh you know, like I think of Golden Sun and it's just kind of and it just and then it just like there's like a quick shift and it's just it's just like okay, like let's let's make a bunch of just epic sounds, and it's like it. You know, if you've only heard one Sakuraba soundtrack, you might be kind of into it, and then when you hear the next one, it's just kind of like, 
Uh, there was a $5 donation from Jonathan G. saying, I'm a guitar teacher. My latest patron guitar tab is uh, a Home Village Arnie from Chrono Cross. Oh. I've been teaching it to my students this week. So it's a good, it's a good song. Uh, is there any other PlayStation, any PlayStation uh, requests? Probably Resident oh. Evil 2. Resident Evil 2. Uh, or, I don't think Resident Evil 2 has resolution switching. I, the, the N64 I, could, I, mean, I, could, I could do the, the N64 version. The N64 version, cha- I think, has a has a, uh, a sync drop every, um, every, screen. every screen if you have the expansion pack. I mean, I can do it with an EverDrive. I, I'll, pick, I'll pick one more... Some people are saying Dino Crisis too. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Or no, not Dino Crisis One. Okay. Dino Crisis Two, I think, is um, is always 240p. I think. Excuse me for a sec, guys. All right. Uh, okay, I'll do Dino Crisis. Dino Crisis. I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's a little ways before you. Uh... <laughs> Isn't Dino Crisis 2 finally getting a uh, a new game from Capcom 2 or maybe a remake? I remember seeing something about that recently. I mean, there was all that Capcom like leak stuff recently, although like no one really seems to know what the uh, validity of it all is. Um, <laughs> I mean, they've already gone dinosaurs in space. Like they there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. <laughs> I uh you know, <laughs> uh I, I I I'm looking forward to playing that though because it's just the the concept behind it is so stupid. Like <laughs> it, it can only it, it can only be so bad. I know everyone says it's really bad, but it can only be so bad. Yeah. Like if you, it, I I I just don't I I just don't know if it can be that bad. I'm I'm looking forward to trying it. <laughs> uh, 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 the, the the thing I didn't, you know, I actually like Dino Crisis 2 a lot more than Dino Crisis 1. Um, it's, well, I think a lot of people do because it's more of a run and gun. It okay. is, which is, which is surprising because it actually has pre-rendered backgrounds uh, versus this, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's got the 3D perspective, which you would think that this would be more. More super- run and gun, yeah. Yeah, you'd think this would be more suited to Runga, but this one is very, you know, I, I, I kind of uh, I kind of think of it as, as almost like a uh, Professor Layton-esque sort of <laughs> game where, like, all the puzzles are these, like... Professor Layton and the Crisis of Dinosaurs? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, it, like, like, everything is, like, all these, like, math puzzles and... Uh, but uh, the it, it, it's very like logic based stuff that uh, is it's like you know you compare it to Resident Evil puzzles and it's it's like those like you kind of just like put the thing in the place and it's it's whatever but. You know, here, like, you have to, like, oh, you have to, like, bring out the pen and paper and everything. And, it wasn't much of a fight. I don't think these guys you know, it's, it's, it, it's not what I'm looking for in my dinosaur shooting right. game. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We, we, 
need to uh, I mean I guess we kind of vowed to use that one clip from this game as often as we can whenever it made sense where uh, I, what do we use it in oh uh, oh in the uh, in the the sharp scale video where she's like that's disgusting <laughs> is that what we use it in the in the sharp scale video where if something looks bad it's always like Regina going that's disgusting <laughs> yeah. I I'd, I'd I'd love to. Uh, I mean, we've only used it the one time, but I I mean I I I just laughed so hard at that part of that video when you put it there. <laughs> That's just one of those things that I feel like needs to show up in more. So the big thing with this at the time was like, oh, you can walk and shoot at the same time, or walk and aim. Okay, oh, can you? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. But can you actually shoot? You can't or shoot. Or she stop when you shoot? Yeah, she stops when you shoot. But it was it was baby steps, okay? No, no, I mean, you know, like I you was always- can, At least you can really get, be at the ready. No. I was always really annoyed like when Resident Evil 5 came out and people were like, oh, this is so outdated. You can't run and shoot. You know, everything had to be Gears of War, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was just like, you know, come on. Uh, Gears of War is this, so... But this was the style of game for the for, for its time. Like, you look at, oh, what yeah. is it, Oshimishu, and you look at, like, Resident Evil, and you look at, I mean... Um, there were, I mean, like Capcom was like, this was the format that they were putting games into at the time. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, and with good reason. I mean, Onimusha is it was very good, very good looking game. It's been a long time since I played that. I should play the remaster that I got for seven dollars. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've, I've got, I, I still haven't decided whether I want to play the remaster or the just play the original version. But I did. I did install the remaster on my. I often find myself resorting to the original versions, even if the remasters are I, better. I find yeah, that's very it, much. It's the case weird. Like I mean, it kind of depends on the game for me. Uh, you know, I like. I was just saying last week. You know, I I kind of committed to playing uh, the PS1 versions of like the Crash Bandicoot series, the Spyro series. Like I just I don't know why I feel compelled to play those in their original context even though there are remasters like i actually just installed on my ps5 uh and tried it out uh last night uh uh the crash uh trilogy because uh, it's free on playstation plus oh uh it's like you know it, it looks nice but it's also like it's also kind of weird like like i don't I don't know. Like so, some remakes, it's definitely like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and play the remake. Others, it's like, eh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, TJ Dorsey saying nostalgia goggles try. I mean, the thing is, though, I didn't play those games back in the day. Like I might have played a little Crash One. Like one oh, level look at that. Up. See, th this this game, the uh, the switch is like instantaneous. It's <laughs> like you. Oh, there's like. There's like no. Like it looks like there's a black frame when you go back to gameplay, but it, when you go into the menu, it almost looks like they aren't even putting a, a frame or a fade or anything. 
No, it should be almost instant. Now, I will tell you though that that the the, the seamless resolution switching, like it works ninety nine point nine percent of the time, and occasionally you'll you you will hit a hiccup with it, but it will recover extremely fast, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really good. But a games like this, I think, really show it off really well in between that that menu switch. Yeah, it's so interesting how you know relatively close to the HD era, these games were coming out and, you know, having these high resolution menus. Yeah. Uh, And you would think that someone within the company would have like kind of been aware, like, Ooh, this could be a problem soon, but you know what? They might've known too, that like all of the digital video chips out there, were going to be treating 240 P as 480i anyway. Oh, here it is. Hang on. That's disgusting. <laughs> I just had to turn it up for it. <laughs> He's like ripped in two and she's just like, huh, well, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's so good. But so it's just, it's just like, so, so casual. Like, but, just, just saying it. Just yeah. saying it like it is. That, well, that's she, I mean, she, she is unfazed. Uh, there's a there's a dollar ninety nine uh, donation from Brooks. Thank you. Saying uh, when are we getting a Mister video, guys? And I had planned on doing it in December, but I feel like I'm going to do it in January. That's going to be like my main January thing. Uh, mainly because I wanted to call it like the the Mister in this specific year. And if I came out with it in December and said the Mister in 2020, it would be people would think it was outdated as soon as it turned to 2021. Yeah, but I, thought that, you guys, I was gonna say I thought you guys were just waiting until we were done with the GBSC AIO so I could uh, restock my store. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course, you know I do Mister videos, but I'm actually probably gonna start putting my my channel on pause uh, to focus on the AIO. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's I mean there's so much stuff coming up for the Mister too uh, that is exciting that will. That's why I was thinking it'd be fun to do like a yearly video, like maybe every uh, January. You know, I could kind of go over what came mm-hmm. the year before. The Mister moves so fast, exactly. and so much stuff happens, and and a lot of little, like really extremely detailed stuff. Like if you look at the uh, color fix for RGB video for the TurboGrafx-16, you know, uh, a bunch of the Mister devs worked on that, and Risha mm-hmm. and and many others, but like. People don't realize like what a big deal is that that is because now for the first time ever you can really see correct RGB video for yeah. for TurboGrafx 16 core, and which was... you won't even get out of a real TurboGrafx 16, right? Which is right. kind of wild. I mean, that's that was kind of talked about. I mean, that there it, in there. Try didn't you put a mention of that in like the new Analog Frontiers that's coming out? Oh, the the composite uh, colors. Or the uh, this is the, the RGB, correct RGB um, output. Uh, right, like the YUV palette was converted into RGB yes. because the the native RGB palette has some colors that are either the same value in RGB or too similar to see the difference. Mm-hmm. And that's like, yeah, like I wrote this whole thing in Analog Frontiers Part 3 kind of last minute uh, when I learned of that because I thought that's such an interesting example of how there is still work to be done because people in general think emulation has been, you know, 
perfect for 10 years or something. And the reality of it is here are some colors on a relatively major gaming platform that you could not see on emulation. Like, Mm -hmm. and no one cared to fix this until this year. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that there are still things, but just using that as an illustration, if people overlook that, there are definitely still things that are not perfectly preserved, you know, and uh, there's that, that's kind of a big message. Artemio, uh, you know, brings that, brings that up a lot. I mean, you know, the, the whole project is, <laughs> you know, I, I'm so thankful that we were able to get Artemio, uh, <laughs> kind of last minute for the whole thing uh because he adds uh uh so much to it uh but there are so many little like updates for mister where like you have things just like this and there are all these monumental things and unless you're like really well versed in every single system out there you don't realize what a big deal a lot of these things are and even from things like having like uh you know adjustable resolutions for different uh computer systems or i mean just the the whole list of things that mr works on like they might not everything might not check the box for everybody but there are different people and it it seems like week after week like this new feature comes out that checks the box for them for what they're using mr and you want to talk about like use cases i mean just between all the amiga guys and all the atari guys and all the uh, commodore guys and i mean just and then you have console gaming guys. And I mean, it's just ridiculous how many different use cases there are with the Mr. And just the fact that it will do R- RGB video output, it'll do VGA video output, HDMI video output for all of these different systems and getting the timings right. I mean, it's just amazing. It's a, it's, I think, I really do think like Sorge is probably one of the most underrepresentative movers and shakers for retro gaming that's happening right now with the Mr. Project. And, um, and, and many of the other Mr. Developers that work and contribute stuff. Um, it, it, it just, the project moves so fast. And I only cover the arcade first. Um, I mean, if you look at what Jotego's done with CPS stuff, like, it's amazing. Mm. Um, you know, uh, even even um, Ace in the channel here with his, with his cores. I mean, it's just really, really amazing. Uh, all these different people coming together and all the changes that happen at Mr. So fast. I mean, it yeah. just, that platform grows exponentially quick. There's, there, there's some, some serious reverse engineering and uh, decapping and all that kind of stuff happening. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. You look at Furtex Neo Geo stuff. I mean, like, and even the other chips that Furtex uh, decapping, I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, there was, uh, uh, okay, there was a while back a $5 super chat from uh, Bubba D Matt. Uh, saying, wow, just got done at the gym and caught this. Hey, would this setup work to downscale retro PC like Windows 98 or DOS to work on a consumer CRT via component? If you have 480p output from your from your, uh, from your your video source, it should work. That's a big should. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, a retro PC, I mean, a lot of that might be outputting like 75 hertz or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're bound to run into problems just because of how the video signals are. One of the things that I've been wanting to do with the downscaling is uh, the Mason emulator has those uh, Zelda reskins, uh, Metroid reskins, and um, what's the other game that they have that's reskins? Castlevania. 
and they look really good. And I've been wanting to output like a 480p signal to the uh, GBSC AIO so that I can downscale it for uh, for that. But it's one of those things that I haven't haven't had time to run through it yet. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to put together a retro PC. Uh, I mean, I'm not like a big PC gamer, but uh, you know, I, I, I do kind of want to, uh, you know, I, I've got a few, oh, a few computers that I might have, you know, some, some donor, potential donor parts. Uh, okay, or at least so I'm going to do parts. this. Uh, this is going to work. Let me see if I can do a dual stream with this here. The OSSC, where you see, <laughs> you'll probably never see the OSSC as quickly as it's as this game switches screens. <laughs> yeah, it's a heavy menu game. Well, just even going in or between not every the menu, there's a there's a interruption between yeah for every scene, every screen. Yep. Oh, I, I've never played through down. the N64 version of this game, but I've always I've always meant to. Do you own it? Uh, I do. I mean, it's it's been a relatively, you know, what's funny. <laughs> I, I you know I put off getting it for a long time because I never found like the right quality of cart for the right price, but then like eventually I realized that um uh, this guy's voice is like obviously slowed judged. down like that's pitch shifted oh <laughs> sorry like his voice is like obviously pitch shifted in a way that like makes him sound hilarious oh see right there you can just see oh uh, but i uh uh i forgot that i i think i passed up on a lot of carts that were probably fine because the the background of the label on the cart has like sort of some parts in the in the black that look a little like grayish and i thought that it was just kind of like not a great looking cart but then when you look closely it's actually like i forget it's like faded out zombies or something like that it's actually part of the design and so but i just thought it kind of looked like a worn out label so i probably <laughs> passed on a lot of decent copies of it It's been a long time since I played through this version too. It feels surprisingly good with the N64 controller, at least with the Retro Fighters pad. Well, you know, you could play this game. I'm sure with a with a real N64 controller with the D-pad. I'm sure the D-pad would work. I mean, if I were to play through it, that's how I would probably play it with the D-pad. I've, uh, you know, I. I, I enjoy using, uh, I mean, because yeah. I, I doubt that it has true analog control, does it? Uh, this? Yeah. Does that mean? Uh, no, it doesn't seem to. Control? I mean, it's like there's definitely uh, like some purplish for sure. Like, I'm not sure if it's like a, I don't think I have any loose connections because, I mean, it looks fine on the ossc which is feeding it like from the same source um, now, voltar point out that it looks like the stairs quicker is isn't this is this running at 480i i forget like is it needlessly running at 480i on these background graphics that I, i'm pretty sure are 240p assets um 
Yes, it is. It looks like it. But again, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the colors are different between the two. Uh, you know, I don't know if, you know, Rama has any greater control in the firmware to adjust, uh, you know, how the, it's interpreting the colors. Uh, See, it makes me wonder. But, you know, the, the point here is that, you know, ooh, which one is sharper? Which one has better colors? The point here is, oh, here is a, you know, a pretty good uh, upscaling solution that is not, you know, having, you know, rampant frame drops and stuff, you know? Well, you guys are giving me a whole nother rabbit hole to chase down to try to figure out why the colors are different and if we can do anything about it. But <laughs> that, that may be for future revisions of the AIO and the firmware that we use with it. Hopefully we can do something and make some kind of improvement. Yeah, I mean, and I guess it's possible it could have something to do with the the HDMI. I mean, aren't there, on the original, uh, on the base GDS, aren't there some, like, pots on the motherboard? Yeah, so one of the things we did is we completely removed and bypassed those pots so oh. they don't get any resistance caused to attenuate the signal in the wrong direction. Um, so is that, is, that, is, that, is that AIO removing them or is that the base GBSC removing them? That, that's removed on the GBS board itself. Like that's a physical process that we do before we add the AIO board. Right, right, right. But what I mean is, is that part of like Rama's specifications for any GBSC or is that part of yours? That, that's kind of part of ours. You could leave them on in any scenario, but they're going to cause more attenuation than what's intended for the DBS control firmware to work. I mean, that's more right if I do that. If I mess with the oversampling. But it... So the, I was going to say the things that would probably have the most impact here would be like the auto gain. And uh, if we can get Rama to break out some settings per RG and B channel. I mean, I think that would help a lot, just having settings that it well it, it's not exactly fixed it's more like just more greenish well i was gonna say the other part though is that the cheap hdmi converter solutions realistically like i wanted to engineer and get in there a real hdmi solution but it just wasn't cost effective for this project at this point it, it was infinitely cheaper just to use an off-the-shelf hdmi converter so this is with the auto gain on right here. Well, uh, some of that add tints in certain directions, and that'll vary from unit to unit. If we hmm. notice one with production that's like an outlier and just looks bad, then I'm not going to ship that out. Right. Because so I mean, this I, is like have to, has to do with the game. Yeah, and Voltar was asking too if different capture cards are employed here, and they definitely are. And like, you I know, mean, I can hang on. Weirdness and how some of the cards like interpret like limited range signals and converts like uh, well, that space. I mean, there, there could definitely be some weirdness going on. I mean, if we were to do like a real comparison, we would definitely want to record both right. on the same card. Well, that was going to be my next question: Is are you sure that the capture card was set to limited mode? Because that looks a lot like the uh, the dark color. Uh, issues I noticed whenever my monitor was improperly interpreting it as full range instead of limited. 
So it's always worth double checking that. Okay, so this is me. I'm feeding it to a different capture card. I'm feeding it to the Aper Media now. But it looks like it's definitely interpreting the range wrong because it's way too dark. I was going to say that got way darker. Yeah, it looks like your range setting is not correct. Interpreting limited range is full range, it would look washed out. Right. Well, it is washed out on my monitor. Well, but it looks way too dark on the stream. Um. Voltar says that the color ramp has changed completely. It's no longer pushing red. So maybe that was a capture card issue. But now we know that, but now the, the range is not correct. Like it's, it's definitely crushing the blacks. Yeah. Electron Ash is pointing it out. Like you can definitely see the, the 16 versus 235 for where it, the, where it starts black and where it starts white in the color range. Mm -hmm. I, I had a, I had a similar issue when I was streaming the, um, uh, the Retro Tink 2X uh, Pro, um, because I was uh, I was hooking it up with um, uh, I, I I I was <laughs> yeah, I had two things going into it, and that like the Retro Tink doesn't really like that in general. Right, I'll see if I can. Yeah. Okay, so this is back at the other one. I can try different. No, see that's yeah, it's it's, it's set to limited. You know, and another thing that um, you know, I find though when you capture card settings sometimes are weird uh in obs like you if you they change are. limited in the obs settings you uh you sometimes have to uh do it like an actual capture card settings like it i actually find i find that too and i have to leave obs and go set it in something else and then come back to obs yeah or you can you can launch um uh you can launch like the, the device settings from OBS, but if you're just in like that basic settings window on OBS, it tends to not really work. Well, this looks a little bit better if I change the video format. Well, another thing that, uh, that sometimes like I would find that I could get my GBS control stuck in these weird states where stuff just wouldn't look right until like I restored defaults. And that, that's always, like, one of my go-to attempts to fix it if something got wonky. Like, Should I try it? Just, like, kind of rebooting your PC, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. So if I go to development and I go to, uh, what is it? Go to or, reset to reset defaults. It's the, oh, right. It's on the very last tab. Right, reset. Defaults plus restart. Okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then you're probably going to want to go back to 1080p again. Right. There we go. Um, it's gonna want. Is it gonna want to connect, reconnect to my Wi-Fi and everything again? No, it will not. It, okay. it should stay. It'll stay connected to your Wi-Fi. Yeah, it just resets like all. Oh, your look at that! It's really green. Like if you move stuff yep. around, it'll fix that. 
you know, one, one thing too, um, you know, that I could see, I mean, being uh, useful. go um, ahead, Corey, and put it back to, yeah, 1080p. There you go. Okay. So now I'm in, like, this is just the basic, how it defaulted. I mean, look how green it is, but if I go to oversampling mm -hmm. and hit that, oh, I guess it's not really, it's not doing much. It gets really green now. Um, I would try doing the uh, the gain control, the automatic gain control. Okay. That just makes it way greener. What, is, what it chooses settings? Does it does it choose them based on like any sort of image content? When the... oh, I, so kind of oh, so so it tries to determine based on the video source what it thinks is going to be best. But could could the colors in the scene possibly throw that off? Um, that's a tough one. I'd have to get. I'd I, have to look I, into I bet. I mean, if I with, hit with Rama. Yeah, I'm wondering one. if you went to a more white screen because, like, that's something I'd want to ask Rama as well. I, I, see, I see the Ace in the chat is saying uh, that's the heavy green push my GBS 8200 has. So I wonder if it's like a thing that. Mm -hmm. it, Weird how it only shows in some places, though. Like, so if I go here, okay, yeah, so like right there, probably a lot worse than before you turned it off. <laughs> right. So if I do the automatic gain on this screen, now like the blacks will look at least look a lot blacker. So now, I mean, it's still it's not quite as green mm -hmm. as it was, but. I wonder if the only way to truly do it is to get a uh, like a Simpty bars screen, which I could do uh, by going to the 240p test suite and doing the automatic. Yeah, that'd probably be a good way to dial it in. And Ace is saying color tints are inconsistent between GBS A200s. And, and, and I agree with that. I mean, you know, you got to keep in mind the base of this is, is a pretty cheap uh, but useful device, but that's mm -hmm. why... Oh, See, this is a hack that works too well. That's what it is. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I was going to say. That's why we say it's not reference quality. This was kind of like a whole bunch of hacks hacked together, and we just kind of yeah. made mm -hmm. it a lot better than it was. And, but right. that's why you're able That's why you're able to make a new product out of this because they're so readily available. It's like there's so many of this. Is, that's why Rama did the GBS control is because there's so many of these – Mm -hmm. out there they're so easy to obtain for so cheap like can we do something better with this and and you're right it's not like this from the ground up thing uh you know the you know the, there's definitely going to be limitations but i think mm -hmm. i think when you keep in mind uh that and then what it has turned into it, it definitely offers uh things that other you know related devices don't so if you look at this screen this screen I, looks I, great yeah i'm gonna have to find i need to get the n64 this, this is one of those weird resolution screens too for the nintendo 64 by the way oh is it the, yeah this the, is not this menu i think is it's, it's like 500 and it, it's got a weird resolution well they, they used to it used to be interlaced but the recent updates made it uh 240p let me see if um can anybody? I, I guess I'm, I need to find the N64 version of the 240p test suite. Is it it would be under tools and service test carts. Right. I, I mean, I assumed that it would be in there, but it's actually it's not. 
Oh, okay. Sorry. So I, I mean, I, I thought it, it would be I'm maybe it's name. just. Oh, uh, Corey Rears is saying we missed the PayPal. Uh... Oh. Uh, okay. Just Sorry to... about that. When they don't, when they don't pop up in super chat, I have a hard time seeing them. I I should probably get Corey to give me access to whatever window he looks at when we miss stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was it just was it a, a PayPal? Was there like a message with it? Somebody. Uh... It was from Rear. Rear the blood. Um. Was it a long time ago or just recently? I mean, I'm assuming during this stream. <laughs> uh, uh, Rears, can you just pa paste in the chat what it was? Yeah, I'm it's not sorry. showing up. I'm looking at the Streamlabs. I'm not seeing it here. About 15 minutes ago. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I don't know why it's not showing up in, in the Streamlabs. Either way, let me just find the, uh, the 240p test suite here. Is there no 240 I, I, I thought I thought there was. There's got to be. Uh, I'll tell you if I got one in my ROM set here in a second. I'm not seeing it on the. Oh, Rears was asking about uh, Saga Frontier remastered announcement. Oh, side uh, <laughs> they're adding in uh, the 64. Is is the stream still up? Because it, it just started. Yeah, it started buffering. Uh oh. Gonna say I still hear you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the oh, wait, YouTube okay, it looks, stuff. It looks like oh. we're back. It looks like we're back. Is uh, it back? So so yeah, Rearsk. Uh, uh, hopefully y'all can y'all can uh, can hear me now because I was let, let me read uh, Rears's, uh comment again, uh, saying that it was asking about the Saga Frontier remaster announcement. Was excited they're adding in the cut chapter and missing content. So what I wanted to ask. Uh, then is that um, so that that new chapter that is a known thing to have been cut out of the original game because if so that's pretty cool because I always have really mixed feelings about uh, new chapters and new you know bonus dungeons and stuff added to you know like the uh, Final Fantasy 1 on Game Boy Advance and all that kind of stuff. I always feel like it's, it just feels really tacked on, but if it was something that was planned for the original game, that actually sounds uh, really cool. Um, I, I have not played through the game. I mean, I've just like, uh, uh, I've, I've actually just, um, you know, tinkered around with it a little bit, but um yeah, that's why I like the it looked, it looked like it was pretty faithful to the look of the original. I mean, especially when you consider, uh, you know, the the 16-bit Saga games, how they look in those remasters. Um, uh, you know, they, you know, it, it looked, it's got a different look. This looked pretty faithful for that. That's when, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, in some cases I'm more inclined to play the original. In some cases I want to play the remasters. In this case... Uh, it's kind of like, oh, I don't, I, I don't know. I'd have to think about whether I'll play my PS One disc that I have and haven't played through yet, <laughs> or, or that. But it, it's definitely an intriguing game. I, I really like the style. It's got, 
you know, it's got that early PlayStation Square vibe, and I, I kind of like it. So if it, if it uh, is possible to get into the um, like the individual color settings, and if 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 there's like an option maybe for a contrast, because I think that would help like the black levels a little bit too. I know that uh, I've talked to Rama about it and filed bug, a bug report on his uh, well, not a bug report, but a feature request on his uh, his GitHub. And at mm-hmm. one point in time, he said it was something he would look into in the future. Like I said, I know that you can kind of adjust them based if you like serial terminal into the the firmware and right. you kind of like bump them up, bump them down. But uh, it's it's something that may come about or maybe somebody else might decide to take a look at the firmware and add it right. in the future. It, it, if I'm not mistaken, are you not supposed to see the the different variations in the black bars in the lower right? Uh, or, no, I can see them on my PVM. I know, but are you not supposed to? Well, the, the thing is, like the like some of those uh, blacks in the lower right, they're kind of like they have a kind of a greenish tint to them. On your PVM? No, 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 no. Just because I'm looking at both of them. They don't really look on the stream. They don't. They don't look too green. That's true. Like that. That very well could be my settings of the uh, of my on my TV as well. Yeah, I mean the you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean it looks a lot better on the in the capture here. There's sure. definitely probably some variation in the capture card. Sure. Well, this is a non one chip. Let me switch to my. Uh... Yeah, something I was also going to say earlier. I don't. I started to say it. And I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I finished saying it. Was. Uh, you know, I, I could definitely see cases where people, you know, even though you've got the HDMI out on this, I could definitely see cases where people, it might be easy for them to run it through the, um, uh, through the OSSC. You know, if they've already got an OSSC, run it into the VGA input and, you know, and then you could do other things with the signal from there. I mean, I could definitely see use cases for that as well. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know from there, like how would that affect the, like in that case, you would probably be dealing with full range, right? Because uh, the 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 D sub output would be a full range s- signal, essentially, right? So in that case, if you were like dealing with full range in your capture setup, you know that could be something that people might want to consider. Uh, there was uh, a, a while back a. Um, uh, uh, 499 Super Chat from Retro Dream. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, saying, great guests. Uh, amazing to see the hard work from so many in the retro scene. I'm definitely getting one. Oh. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, whatever you've done has definitely changed, I think, the overall color profile because the colors don't look look as rich on this as... Does it, so when I uh, when I reset the system, does it get it doesn't delete my presets though, does it? No, it does not. Let's try loading the preset. Oh, it looked good for a second. I got real bright. I mean, that looks a lot better. Like the preset loading the preset looks. I'm, I'm waiting on the stream to see it. Oh, oh yeah, that looked really good for a second. Oh, and back to the 240p test suite. There is no version for then 64. That's surprising. That is really surprising. I want to think Artemio told me he was like working on one at some point, but it was difficult. Or a something. lot of those. I mean, like the NES one is like not done by 
him. Like, other people kind of just, like, pick it up and have made versions. So I'm sure it's, it's only a matter of time. So I kind of see, like, you kind of see the screen move a little bit here and there. Like, is that because of the the jitter? Um, That one, it could be. Are you playing on a Sega Genesis? You're playing uh, on a Sega Genesis? Uh, uh, Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. Is your, um, is your sync strike on? Oh, I can. Let me do that. Yeah, I would toggle it and see what happens. Oh, we toggled it and killed it. <laughs> I think my stream is your stream is is not as dot has not. I oh, but yeah. I, but I'm feeding a component. It's a bit behind. I need the, to reload it. The sync does the sync strike affect the component? When you say you're feeding it component, what are you feeding it? What is your signal chain? Uh, it's going from. It's going out RGB into a uh, a G-SCART. And one of the outputs of the G-SCART goes into a RGB to comp transcoder. So that's the part that I don't know. I don't know what that part of the signal is like It's just like Normally a... when I hook a, a Super Nintendo to it, mm -hmm. to the GBSC AIO, we need to put on that sync strike. So okay. I'm not sure how the signal's moving through that, that, that one part. Yeah. So, I mean, you're doing... You're doing a number of color conversions here actually so yeah but i mean i was still i mean like the stuff that was happening with uh uh with army of zin with maximo like that was the colors were weird in that too but that was just like a direct component i mean i could try i could just grab a mm -hmm. i could just run a scart in and see if that'd I probably be the best way to way to go about it uh, if you can yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean definitely. I mean definitely. If you were like making a true comparison, oh you yeah, absolutely. I, the reason I'm doing it this way is because it allows me to just like use any system in my setup without having the mm -hmm. right to like run multiple There's cables. So many different use cases, and the way that people set things up, and the way that people do everything, it's 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 almost impossible to accommodate everything. Totally. The setup that you've had tonight works really, it appears to have worked really well though, Corey. Yeah, I mean, I like, I, I definitely trust the the um, the RGB to comp. I mean, uh, yeah. Mike, Mike t tends to do is like his stuff is, is very well made. Yeah, Mike's stuff is awesome. I mean, he is, he's, he's definitely on top of it. Yeah, I'm really curious what's one, what's uh, causing that though. You guys are going to give me a whole bunch of rabbit holes to chase down. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, for some reason, we, like, excel at that. Because I don't know what it is. Like, sometimes we just... Well, I just think like, that like there's so many use cases. There's well, so many uh, use cases, and everybody's stuff's different. We're dealing with 20-year, 30-year old hardware. Exactly. Um, you'd like to think that, like, it was all in spec and that things always were, but it's just not the case. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or else yeah. there would never things be any need for updates any ever you know if it mm -hmm. is... i've said this more than once some of these systems i'm even amazed they can get a picture to the crt after learning some of the stuff i've learned recently <laughs> it's like wow this stuff actually works but yeah i'm guessing a little interruption we're seeing occasionally is probably well, hang on a second. you know what it, it very well be could hang on it could be it could be all me um Okay, now I do have I had the one chip transient fixes off. Sometimes if you have like the one chip transient fixes on in the 
on the FX Pack Pro, it will cause some some issues. Um, but I mean, I I mean, I'm actually not seeing any any issues on on this FX. Oh, I was seeing, I was seeing a couple. It's little like like a little blips. jump here and there. Let me try. Yeah, it's on a little a, blip. Let me try. I've seen them in the game, but I'm not seeing them on this menu. Hang on, let me try something out. What I was wondering is, like, is it just occurring on the capture, or are you seeing it on your monitor too? Yeah, I mean, they may both behave differently. I mean, just like you know, some people with retro tinks uh, don't have drops between uh, 240p and 480i on their particular TV. Uh, you know, they're, you know, some of these devices are, you know, within, I guess, the range of tolerance for, for certain displays, but yeah. I, okay. I don't so this is a one chip system using HD retrovision cables. This is the SNES mini or junior. Oh, okay. So you're using straight component now. Yes. No conversion. This will be interesting. I've only tested this a little bit with a, with a super Nintendo. So I'm anxious to see what happens here. My brightness switch on, on that cable. If it needed to go one way or the other, uh, it should be correct. Cause I've like, it's been on this, uh, system for a while. Oh, Dying right there out was, of the game. Uh, there was uh, two dollars from from old old John Perry G JPEG. Uh, would you guys say that the DC HDMI mod is king for DC snobs? Well, I mean, I, I suspect the ultimate DC snobs are, are maybe also VGA monitor snobs. <laughs> <laughs> but if you uh, if you are not dealing with a VGA monitor, I mean, I I would say so. I mean, it. For my taste, I think so. But the the thing is, uh, it's uh, you know the, the Dreamcast is an extraordinarily dithered console, and so it really just depends on what your tolerance for dithering is. If your, if your tolerance for dithering is high, like me, and I, I would say the the, the DC digital uh, is, uh, is where it's at. You know, I, I finally got mine, you know, last week along with the PS one digital. So it's, uh, it's a big new world for me with, uh, with that. The difference is I decided to put, um, I decided to get the, the DC digital in, you know, a system with a regular GD ROM drive. So I'm only limited to my physical dreamcast collection right now, which is relatively small. Bigger than my Saturn collection, certainly. Um, but you know, I could always put a, a, th a thing in it if I needed to. But you know, the PS1 digital is in a, uh, a X station unit, so that's that's exciting. So I'm not getting any of those graphical glitches. I see that, and like I'm kind of surprised that it was causing hiccups like that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's something in the signal chain that that's not. Between the uh, video source and between what's going on, there's something that's different i'm gonna want to ask you about this off stream later okay yeah yeah i mean i can try different tests i mean unless it was just has something to do with my scart cable i mean it's, which is entirely possible but it's just it's a uh retro access you know uh shielded cable and it's, i mean yeah that's what i use here in the shop too nothing but retro access so yeah it very well i mean it's a, it's a original console so 
or a two chip. You never know. There's so many weirdness things to scalers. Seriously. And, Seriously. And, and people will be like, yeah, this thing works great for me. And you'll hear that from like a hundred people. And then you'll go try it. And on your, for your system for whatever, you're cursed. Um, <laughs> jo- uh, Zero actually has a, a, an RGB modded or RGB modded nest of mine that I'm, that does weird stuff. And I, nobody can figure out why. And he's not the first guy to look at it either. So that, uh, that 240p uh, test suite, like main page, like the colors looked really good to me on that. Yeah. Like they looked correct. Uh, there was, uh, before I lose track of uh, super chats, there was a, there was a 20 pesos uh, super chat from Eric masters with no message, but thank you. Thank you. Uh, let me make sure I didn't miss any others. I'm going to try to use the uh, auto gain. I'm just waiting for there's it. There's a $2 super chat from apocalyptic minister uh, saying, uh, looks great. Is it one? Uh, is it, it, it this is uh, one, 120 to 150, right? Uh, I mean, I think that is possibly the range you're looking at, but you don't have a, you said you didn't have a price nailed down yet. Okay. A game with a vibrant palette. Um, is that is that right? What what you know? I mean, I know you weren't announcing a prize. Um, Andrew, you here? Yeah, I'm here. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I, did I miss something? Uh, yeah, uh, there there was a super chat asking. Uh, this is 120 to 150. Is that right? It'll be somewhere in there. It might be. I would say it's going to be around the price of the OSSC and the RetroTink products. Um. We felt that that was a good price to recover the R&D plus covering the cost of the the GBSC, the boards, the work that Zero himself is going to do to put it in there. I was so. uh, I was playing this game just yeah. yesterday and I discovered that the the uh, the nice uh, supposedly super nice BNC to S video long cable that I uh bought to run from my extron to my core you uh is, is bad very so this is a pretty vibrant looking game it looks really good like all the colors look perfect on this yeah it does like xla looked a little dull but maybe that game's colors are just that way i'm not you know i'd, 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 say, I'd say play like, sonic sonic is a, a vibrant yeah. color game yeah if you got a genesis around I mean, within the oh, within yeah realm of super nintendo like looking at this like this looks really right i mean actually like it's possible it's just kind of a duller darker game and i i i've not played it enough to really know mm-hmm. what it should look like to be honest and i do have what the are... auto gain on right now so mm-hmm. and that that should uh, automatically change from scene to scene it should i don't know that it always does and that's my experience with it um, there was uh, there was a five dollar super chat from Jonathan G, uh, saying, "Let's take a second to appreciate how awesome it is to have five hundred people watching live streamed hardware upscaled two forty p gaming content in twenty twenty. Cheers! <laughs> it is awesome. It's, it's it's super wild. I I never would have I never would have dreamed uh, someone would do such a thing. Uh, I got." Uh, uh, they was asking, does Rama get uh, cost from each, each GBC GBSC unit sold? I mean, 
Uh, no, I don't think. I mean, it's an open source project, but like you said, on the bottom of your unit, you've got uh, buy Rama a coffee. Yeah, <laughs> so, so we attribute Rama on each one of the units. And um, I suspect that, that, that I'll probably throw Rama some loot for uh, for his hard work because I want to, I want him to come back to the project and I want him to keep improving it. So, and I've given to Rama in the past small amounts um, for it. I mean, you look at everything that he's into, man. Just between how many people have used his PlayStation Two emulator and just the GBSC project. I mean, the guy has really done a lot for the community. If you haven't, you should really think about giving to his uh, to his, to to his buy a, buy him a coffee website yeah i mean it's it's kind of blowing my mind what all uh what all he's he's has handed i mean it's it, it's just such a wide range of stuff it's absolutely crazy and we've also put all over our web page and our facebook pages and whatnot for you know that we attribute the the firmware to him so we're building on the backs of giants. That's all I can say. And we're we're itty bitty. Axley. What's that? I never I never considered Axley, but I guess that it's fewer syllables, so maybe in some ways it's easier to say. I always I always said Axley. But I think Sonic, I think like I growing up I said great. Sonic. I, I I always said Axley growing up. But yeah, I mean this looks awesome. I mean, all the colors look perfect here. And you should have done Sonic 2 so you can show the resolution changes right. for the uh, two-player mode. Let's do that, then. I think it starts, if you watch the uh, the attract mode for it, that's the first thing it goes into the for the for the attract mode. But I always thought that Sonic was a great game to test for colors. I mean, it just everything really pops in the Sonic universe. I saw a show say that the, the the whites looked slightly blue on his screen. You know, I, I always tend to go for like on screen calibration. I always tend to go for like a cooler white. I mean, not like a cold white, but like you know, I would tend toward more having it slightly lean blue on the whites rather than like yellow. That's mm -hmm. Um. But, uh, there's a two dollar super chat from John Perry G again, uh, saying, uh, "Try, can you explain what dithering would be for me?" Um, I mean, dithering. I mean, honestly, probably the Wikipedia article on it might be the the best explainer. I mean, there's all kinds of dithering, like this. Like Corey was uh, just a bit ago, or I don't know if he's playing the demo or if he's actually playing this. Um, this is the demo, but uh, you'll notice when it switches course, back yes. to it. There's no drop. No, even when it switched to it, and uh, that's like a weird thing. Like even, like everything struggles with that. With that. Yeah. Yeah, like the bushes in this game uh, are dithered. The, it's like the it's like alter like like a pattern of alternating colors. I, uh, well, you're not in the level, but on the title screen, like anywhere you see these checkerboard dots, like that's that's dithering. Yeah, it's like and, it's like alternating I'm, I'm colors to make it look like shading. Um, yeah, on the Genesis, because the composite signal is so, so bad, uh, the developers were able to play with that to create, like, fake transparencies and other 
uh, sorts of effects, uh, shading, shadows, things like that. Uh, you know, last week I played Spyro on the PS1 Digital. That's a, a 512 pixel wide game, which allows them to uh, have like sort of really high frequency alternating patterns uh, in the colors to make it look like there's more shading on a CRT or something. It's kind of laid bare when you're looking at a, a more high quality signal. Oh, I just saw Some the... Uh... It. Some people say it's like against artistic intent, uh, but it doesn't bother me. It's just part of the texture of the image to me. I just saw the screen tearing. I did. I thought too, but you know, I've seen it so infrequently. Though. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, one of the, it's the first time so I've seen it. it. It doesn't seem to be happening on like a regular basis, but the the clock mod that's going to be on, I guess, the final shipping units mm -hmm. uh, does not have that. So just, uh, I think uh, some people, it is it's right on the, you probably can't read that there, but it's right on the bottom of every single one of these GBSC AIOs for Rama. Oh, yeah, for I mean, the, the donation. Yeah. Yep. And it's also all over our website. We put it down at the bottom in the footer. We also put it up at the top. We say, hey, this is, this is great firmware. So. Yeah, I, I think the issue is, like, it's just that people aren't, mm -hmm. like, it's not spelled out what RAM is getting out of it. I mm -hmm. fully intend to donate some of my, uh, like, some of my, if you want to call it profit on this first batch to him and once I take over and start to do round two, that mm -hmm. that amount will increase because that profit isn't going to be split between a few people. Mm -hmm. And I'll be leaving the project at that point. Like my whole goal is to, was to bring this out and to make it open source. And after that, let makers like Zero himself take over. So like I'm only in it for this first round, get my R&D back and then I'm out. So this wasn't something that I wanted to like spend the rest of my life, you know, supporting and doing and putting the AIO. What I wanted to do was put a product in people's hands that was relatively affordable and that took care of a lot of the difficult things that people have with setting up a GBSC AIO. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think, I think that's, I think that's, you know, there, there's something to be said for that, you know, knowing, knowing, you know, what the end point is. Mm -hmm. you know, we've we've got we've got so many projects. I mean, we've been talking about a lot lately. It's just like, oh my gosh, there's just so many projects hanging over our head, and it's just like, yeah, when does it end? Well, we, <laughs> well I, I mean, mean we, we... You, you have to decide where your paths want to go and where you think you can make a value and an impact. Yeah. And like my value and my impact was, hey, I had this idea in my head. I, I reached out to uh, to Jacob Proctor, who is uh, Tinkerplunk and said, hey, could you draw me up a board that looks like this and does these things? And we kind of talked about it for a little bit. We had several re-iterations of it. And then I reached out to, to, to Zero himself and said, hey, I have this board. I know you're a maker. Do you think you guys could like do, you know, like 250 of these so we can put them out in the community and then maybe other people can, can build up on it? Because it's not something that I'm going to be an expert on like it's not I, i'm not getting ready to quit my day job to make aios like <laughs> uh, this is just something that i had an idea for i thought it was cool um i i believed in it enough that i wanted to bring it to market and then uh reached out to the right people to help me and um you know it's just kind of been amazing pulling everybody together uh even rama hopping on and helping with it and uh it's just something to be more accessible for the community Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, and after that, I'm, I'm done with it, you know, uh, and I, I do hope 
lots of other people start making. I, I feel like the GBSC project overall has been underrepresented for the value that it has. And, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's an amazing, amazing, you know, piece of software product com combination of hardware. And, uh, I think it can do a lot for the community and that, that this type of little scaler will check the boxes for a lot of people. There was a, there was a question a bit up higher in the chat from Jasper, uh, burn saying, uh, sorry if this has been asked, but does the GBS get around the, uh, the cause of image retention and interlace mode you see on the OSSC with most modern displays. I don't know if I would say most modern displays, but it's definitely behavior that happens in a lot of um, IPS-based uh, displays. Um, and yes, it won't do that because the OSSC is doing Bob deinterlacing, which Bob. is definitely going to cause that retention very quickly. Um Whereas this uses motion adaptive deinterlacing, uh, which you're you're not going to uh, you're not going to have that with motion adaptive deinterlacing. So uh, so no. Although Corey, didn't you say that your uh, IPS screen you didn't you change a setting in that and it doesn't? Oh my my Game Boy Advance one. Hmm. In the Game no, Boy no, Advance. No, no, no. I thought your 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 IPS. Um, modder tv or whatever it is they had like the crazy ossc retention uh, i think it has something to do with like overdrive it's called or in some in some monitors it might be called like fast response time if you turn that off mm -hmm. it should like help that retention mm -hmm. uh but i mean i've only found it to be a problem like in computer monitors it has i haven't found it to be as big of a thing in like tvs mm. Yeah, Ace in the chat is saying that uh, image rotation from flicker patterns is more common than you think on LCDs, not just IPS panels. I've seen it happen on a VA panel as well. I mean, I mean I, I'm, I, I'm terrified of it happening for some reason on OLED, which is, is completely entirely different technology and it shouldn't even happen on that. But like, I've, I, I've, I've never heard of it happening on OLED. I know. I've, it's like, it's just this just one of those things where I'm like, you, I mean, can, you, can, you see a lot of screen, screen tearing in this. This is just, this game fun. moves at such a speed. That just like makes it show up a lot. Oh yeah, I see it. Yeah, I mean the the OLED shouldn't retain the the flicker pattern patterns, but I mean I there's it's just something about it that's just terrifying to me. <laughs> like doing something to it. You know, I, I want eight bit eight bit Duke to know that I played this specifically for him. I saw him talking <laughs> about Lunar, and I was like, I'm gonna play Lunar. And he's like, yeah, I saw him. He's like, oh, look at that, 55 hours. Version? What's that? Is Duke a fan of the Sega CD version or the PS1? I bet version? you, I bet he's a fan of the Sega CD version. I bet he's a not a fan of the save system. Like, I don't think anybody's a fan of the save system in the Sega. CD well, that's that's the fault of working designs and not the original. Oh, game. absolutely, 100. percent 100. percent So it's coming up in the chat real quick because there was a little bit of tearing. Mm -hmm. And the version that you guys have does not have the clock mod. Right. But we have just added the clock mod to all of the production versions of the AIO. We actually placed the order this week and it's being shipped to us for all the clocks that we needed to purchase to make it happen. And it was and actually GameSack helped us get to the decision that, hey, this is something we need to add in oh, there cool. for this to work. So 
That's cool. So he was having a real problem with that? Yeah. 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 It's not a problem for, you know, any number of combination of people. I mean, it seems like it, it might be a common enough need. Now, are those coming to you all like? No, they're putting them together. Not, or you, or you have to do them by hand. You're so I'll let, I'll let Zero himself handle this because he's the maker here. Yeah, <laughs> so the, the, the clock mods are coming directly to me and me and guys in my workshop are basically we've narrowed down the easiest way to make it happen from like jigs to like solder wires to the clock mod and pre-bend them and then like an adhesive to hold the clock mod on the heat sink but won't melt and then yeah it's just it's kind of like fine console mod work you just got to get it done like there's no easy mass production way to do it you just got to do it well the aio board does have pads for the s what is it sdc yeah, the l lines which helps a little bit. So it makes it easier just to drop some wires on that instead of soldering like to the GBS board. What's interesting is that like for this 240p content, um, you know, it doesn't have the same dither blending effect that, um, well, I mean, it was 240p for um, uh, uh, di not Dynamite Deca. I mean, it is Dynamite Deca, but what uh, <laughs> <Diehard> Arcade. <laughs> um uh, like, I don't know if that, that was just like a horizontal, a higher horizontal resolution. That I think was lending to that, uh, that dither blending. And not, again, not, not, not that I'm complaining cause I don't, I don't mm. care during it at all, but it does seem that like it might take a certain horizontal resolution for that effect to take place. I'm assuming this, uh, Lunar is probably a 320 pixel wide game. Like most Genesis games, but it could be 256. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to play a little. NHL 94. I, I, I've systematically used every single arranged version of music from this game in videos over the last year. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there's only like like three arranged tracks on the CD, and I've used them all of them. It's funny. I come back to 2020 baseball for the Neo Geo like that. That's one of my like weird sports games that I like. I like to use music from for things. <laughs> uh, who's my team? It's gonna be it's gonna be the Sabers. Sabers. It's so cool seeing that FMV fill like the whole vertical space. Like I'm, <laughs> when it comes to Sega CD, uh, FMV, I'm kind of used to like a more constrained uh, view, like Night Trap and um, uh, Road Avenger. I love Night Trap. I play it every Halloween, and <laughs> oh. I know it's terrible. No. But I love playing it. I, I play it every holiday. Uh, Have you seen the documentary we did on Night Trap? I did. It was wonderful. Yeah, we we don't we don't hate Night Trap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I probably like it to a fault. Yeah, I mean it's it's great because it's imperfect. Yeah. So there was a question that just popped up: if there's dual output on this, and, and so that's a big big topic for the AIO. So there is not dual output on this. Um, we decided to go with the 8200 board. Why? Because it's easier to get. And this being an open source project at the end of the day, we wanted people to, uh, we wanted people to be able to be able to buy the parts easily. And the, the 8220s, which are dual or the 80, what is it? The 8220s, which are dual output, um, are very difficult to get. And they're difficult to get in bulk too. At least we had problems sourcing them. Um, so I, I, and so we decided to add what's what we call an RGB kill switch, 
it's one of the switches on the GBSC AIO. And if you're going to go ahead and output like VGA or you're going to output uh, component video, you can turn on that switch. And what that does is it disconnects the RGB lines to the HDMI output on the uh, on the GBSC's adapter for it. And that will prevent the screen from dimming uh, the, the, the GBS. And I'm probably not explaining this so great on the stream, but the GBS 8200, um, if you took, if you have more than one output at, at a time on it, it dims the screen. Uh, it, it's, it's video driver cannot drive two video sources at one time. Mm. So uh, that was one of the things that we kind of came up with like a workaround solution for it. And um, I know that there are some people that will want to go with the 8220 because they want the dual outputs. But um, we just wanted to make things the most accessible as they could be for people that are going to build this as an open source project. Yeah, I, I have to say, I tried to order 8220s about five times before I even got one that could complete the order. Wow. Uh, somebody else we know ordered one and got a bag of bolts in place of 8220. <laughs> it's like such a random thing. Were they even like <laughs> bolts he could use for anything? Probably not. <laughs> well, that being said, I'm pretty sure that our footprint will line up with an 8220, and hopefully in the future somebody can maybe help us work out directions oh, to install on. one of these on an 8220, but I'm not going to make any promises towards that end at this point. Yeah, yeah. the 8220 does require some modding to get the, the right video output out of it too, by the way. So it's not like just you get an 8220 and you slap it on there. You need to add a resistor and a ferrite bead and a couple other things and to, to get it looking right. And it's not something that, that John or, or Zero himself and I have looked into. I we mean, just maybe decided actually add it to the open source specifications, but mm -hmm. I, it's totally understandable that for starting out, it, it doesn't make Yeah, we just, we just picked one and we said, this is what we we're going to build on this way so that everybody could go ahead and get it. So, um, now, oh, I mean, speaking of like dual done. output, um, can their, their you? Their heads uh, don't bleed in this one. <laughs> um, have we addressed, uh, like you know whether you should have like all inputs plugged in at one time or not on this? So you you can, um, but they can only have power to one at a time. If you try to power more than one at a time, that's probably not going to be a good thing. Yeah, you said it dims the picture, right? Um, on the outputs, if you have more than one output attached, right. it will dim the picture. For inputs, you can have as many inputs as you can plug something into each one of the inputs, but you don't want to have more than one thing on at a time. Right. So in other words, if your PS2 is component and your Genesis is RGB, don't have them on at the same time. Which, yep, correct. I mean, yeah, the easiest way to think of inputs is like kind of like, and this is outside of our control, but they're just kind of like taking like a wire from your SNES and a wire from your Genesis and a wire from your PlayStation and twisting them all together. Like, if you do that, you aren't going to want to turn on more than one of those at a time. Hmm. You know, I, I didn't even notice all the di like the little dots of around the uh, around the goal in the blue until I looked up at the the upscale of it. Well, there's uh um there's uh, now a uh 
a 10 uh 10 pound uh super chat from uh, jasper burn thank you thank you uh, saying, uh, I wanted to thank you uh, you for all the help you've given me in getting my console collection modernized. Keep up the good work. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you. It's uh, it's, it's, it's you know, it's not easy to get all all, all these videos done, but we've uh, we've done the best we can. Well, yeah, we we've been talking a lot, lot about uh, how we have like like several outstanding obligations, but once we do, I think we're gonna you're gonna see kind of a a return to like some some more like personal videos next year oh i almost had that like more stuff that's just like just like you know i had this random thought uh this week or or i just like i i, I really want to play with this game this system this accessory like i just i feel like doing that this week i'm, I'm just going to do it yeah video on. yeah that's which is what we were doing early in the channel but now like we've built up like such a backlog of stuff and like once oh. i think once analog frontiers is done we're gonna feel a lot freer and we have come up with a plan of attack that's gonna like basically take us from now through you know up until the beginning of spring uh and it is going to allow me to hyper focus on. on getting parts three, four, and five out for Analog Frontiers. the The idea is is, is to have part five out by early spring. Right now, okay. I mean, maybe, maybe I'll blow myself what am away. What I doing here? Not even sooner. I'd love to, uh, but we we do have a plan in place because you know. We gotta get that done and and, and move on from from that phase. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm so ready to move on with my life. <laughs> I mean, I'm super proud of Analog Frontiers. I'm going to pour my heart and soul into it because I'm never going to make anything better than that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I want I, I want to be uh, the masterpiece uh, that I want to be, but uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to finishing it up for sure. <laughs> Corey, you always play good when you're on the streams, man. I know you're you're <laughs> upset with how you're playing here, but I'm just I always think I'm always surprised. Like when I play live on a stream, I'm terrible. It, oh, I well, try does a lot better than I do, I think. But sometimes I, I have my moments, but it's only in games that I like am fairly familiar with. I mean, there's there's plenty of times where people are like, "What are you doing?" You know. I mean, I I have I have a very one track mind, so. Like if I'm paying attention to the conversation or paying attention to the chat, I tend to do terrible in the game. Or if I am doing, you know, my best in the game, then, you know, I tend to not be paying attention to the conversation. You know, I, I, I can only keep track of about one thing. At all. I mean, Corey, uh, Corey always uh, seems to uh, do really well with like the, the Genesis action games. Like you just seem... <laughs> so attuned to them there's just something about that style Holy of uh, okay. game i don't know you, you you do a lot better with genesis games than me so there's been some talk in the chat about the ossc pro and um the ossc pro is like in a league by itself you're talking about you know th that thing's going to be the ferrari of yeah. of scalers i mean you're talking about a 500 dollars scaler versus Essentially, what's going to be a hundred and twenty dollars scaler? Yes, exactly. And 
and and and like uh, there's no way I'm going to be and and I've come out right off the bat and said you know don't expect the the GBSC AIO to be <laughs> reference quality. It's not going to be guys like if 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 it's a really clever hack that that worked out really really well and we've added a couple things to it with our AIO board and um you know i i think it's a i think it has its niche i think uh for certain people it's going to check a couple of boxes um whether that's you know hooking up to a uh, a vga monitor or whether that's downscaling or whether that's uh fast resolution switching um i th or something that works with people's capture cards uh but uh you know i think there's a lot i think there's room for all of it um there is it's not the highlander of scalers there's not going to be only one and um i think anybody who's purchased more than one scaler already knows this that like certain things just work better on certain scalers and then of course everybody has that one rogue system that only works with this scaler for them even though everybody else says it will work with everything else so yeah I just kind of happens I mean, I think the thing to keep in mind too with the the OSSC Pro is we have literally no clue when it's coming out. Mm -hmm. Well, they, he just this uh, Marks just showed a uh, photo of the of the board. On, oh, uh, really? On yeah. Oh, it's 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 like enormous. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, people have been talking about running like haven't people been talking about like running like Mister Cores on it like. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know if Mr. Core is the word, but I, I remember when, like, he <laughs> first announced that people were like, oh, like, we could probably run an entire NES on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be lots of cool things. I'm sure, you know, when it comes out, it's going to do some really neat stuff. But I'm I, excited because of the, uh, the, the vertical game rotation. You know, I think that, that's mm -hmm. a neat feature. And there's nothing right now on the market that does that that's, like, commonplace. Um, you know, I can't wait to play a lot of those uh, vertical games, you know, on a on a regular horizontal monitor. Yeah, I mean, you know, the I think, but again, the thing to keep in mind with that, we don't know when it's coming out. We don't know how much it's going to cost. It's probably going to be a lot bigger. You know, I, I think people should take a realistic assessment of like, what does the OSSC do right now? And is anything that it doesn't do right now like really critical to me or and also compare you know other scalar devices like i wouldn't be holding out for you know what could be i don't know it could still be a couple of years away for all we know uh i don't think it's going to replace the base ossc model uh you know i i think that's still going to be a product that's going to exist because it's going to be offered at a, at a lower cost so it went right through them um, look at that it, it's like going it goes right through them like right in, <laughs> in the game perhaps is like locking up or something or no that's me it? i'm doing it i'm in the instant replay oh okay because like it, goes, um, it goes right like that that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good shot but yeah, like, I don't think people should necessarily be holding out for the OSSC Pro unless they think that there's something that the Pro is going to do that they just can't live without. But just be aware that you don't know. I mean, we... You get it home and it might not work with your TV. I mean, like... Yeah. Many, I mean, everybody's dealt with a scaler that, that yeah. they thought was going to be, like, the Highlander for all of them. And then they, they, they bring some console that they have to have with it. And then you're like, Oh, it didn't work out as great as I thought, or it didn't work at all, or it doesn't play nice with my capture card. It's just one of those things that kind of happens with scalers. I mean, 
I mean, you oh, know, the OSSP Pro, when it does come out, is going to change our lives, like, significantly. <laughs> like, there's zero doubt about that. It's going to be absolutely incredible. But, you know, I mean, this could be, it, it, it could be a, a few hundred dollars. Like, we don't know how much it's yeah, going to be. It's probably, uh, yeah, like $500. We have no clue. I can say one thing with certainty. Whenever it comes out, I will still have my Frame Meister. I will still have my OSSC. Yeah. Still have my Retro Tanks. of the GBC AIO, and I'll get the uh, OSSC Pro. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I'm in that same boat too. I mean, like I keep saying, it's it's there. There is no Highlander. There can be more than one. Exactly. Um, exactly. And everything is going to have everything. Like kind of fills this little niche, which is like. Mm -hmm why the the gbsc is so good is because you know if you need if you need something that has it requires quick switching like that's mm -hmm. exactly it like that's now you now i know that i have something in my in my repertoire that can mm -hmm. do that if in the, the instance that i need to record something that, that drops constantly yeah and you have something there for vga output if you want i yep. mean well it seems, like, it seems like it's some sort of vga monitor there was another uh, 20 peso super chat from uh, Eric Masters, this time with a comment saying, what about using GBS with PSP or other portables? I assume they would be, it would behave much like you would expect. I don't, I don't, I, I'm guessing it doesn't have any like advanced, like scaling features or anything like well, that. Well, you can adjust the picture, like size and picture yeah. to oh, can you do for a some degree. Adjustment to like make a PSP or something, fill the screen. I don't know if it you, will on the PSP, could. but you can you can definitely play with the picture and stretch it and make it fill the screen. Oh, okay. Um, to some extent, it's there's a limit to how far it can go. You can bring the well, PSP that's, down that's to 240p. For us to, uh, it's definitely something for us to to look into with with our testing for sure. I I, I hadn't really considered that because like well like you said like I'm getting crushed. It's not, really about, um, it's not really about like 4x, 5x, whatever. You know. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was, uh, oh, I'm, I'm seeing that. I've actually got quite a few Super Chats to catch up on. Let me do that. Uh, EB Chill 2 uh, with uh, a $5, $5 Super Chat again. Uh, I bought Final Fantasy 14 after watching Mark's praise of it in one of your 2018 videos. I feel like I bit off more than I can chew. Any tips to start off right? You know, I think the thing to keep in mind with uh, Final Fantasy 14, you know, if you don't want to get super involved with the community and all of the side stuff to do in it, you really don't have to. Um, I play the game on a very basic bare bones level, uh, to be quite honest. Um, if all you want to do, at least to get started, is stick to the main story quest, you will get enough good gear, good enough gear, uh, by just doing the main story quests. Uh, you'll mostly keep up to pace with levels. Sometimes you might need to do a dungeon again uh, to, you know, get a few extra levels. But really, you can just play that. You'll get good enough armor. You won't have to worry about, you know, getting too involved with the, the in-game economy, dealing with uh, the, the, the markets, buying gear there. The, the story gear is good enough. Um uh, I, I would recommend maybe focusing on a damage dealer job. You'll have to Shoot. wait a little longer to get queued up. We have to do it in a fake. 
when you uh when you do a story dungeon um, here i guess huh if you choose a damage dealer job just because there's more of them um but i think it's worth it because people aren't really going to be criticizing how you play you don't you know if you're a tank you're expected oh! to be the leader and lead your way through the dungeon <laughs> if you're a healer there's a lot of pressure on you uh you can can play uh, much more relaxed if you're a damage dealer. No one's really criticizing uh, uh, how you play. Uh, but yeah, it definitely can see, seem overwhelming. But uh, I, I think just realize that you do not have to get deep into the game to uh, have a good experience. Uh, you can pretty much play it by yourself, almost treat it like a story-driven Final Fantasy game. Uh, you know, you don't have to do all the side stuff because I... I I don't. There's some stuff I'd like to do, but you know, I, I've really mostly focused on the story. Uh, there <laughs> I'm, was I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I want to say really quickly, I'm sorry if I'm boring people. Like the only like sports games I even care about are Madden '92 and NHL '94, <laughs> and they're they're sometimes very fun to play. <laughs> I thought, don't don't you like virtual tennis on the on the on the Dreamcast? Oh yeah. I like some virtual tennis. Virtual but, tennis, but I'm really I don't consider it like a like a real. It's, not it's like, like NBA real. jams. Like I like playing yeah. NBA jams. Because I like it's NBA yeah. jams. I, I exactly. I like uh, I like NBA jam. I like NFL blitz, NHL hits. I like those. Um, there was a five dollar super chat from from Whiskey Vengeance. Ooh. <laughs> saying uh how does the 240p 480i switching speed compare to the rad 2x cables uh we haven't used rad 2x cables but uh you know as far as i know it's it's very much based on the retro tink architecture which does have 240p 480i drops some people have a, a misconception that the retro tink solves uh those issues um and it, it and it, the thing is i think those people just got lucky with their tv some tvs respond instantly to those but i i think i suspect that's an exception more than the rule it's pretty um, fast i will say that it's pretty fast um but the but this like is like you you might see like a little screen shift or a little flash or something but it's it doesn't and sometimes you don't though like if you were here earlier in the stream or if you go watch our archives, we put the, the stream archives, you know, we, we have to say this all the time because people don't know the stream archives are unlisted, but there is a public playlist on the, you know, if you just go youtube.com slash my life and gaming and scroll down, there is a public playlist that have, has our stream archives. And if you go there uh, and go earlier in the stream, Corey was playing Dino Crisis. And I think that was the best example uh, because there's like, that game doesn't even have a like a I don't even know if it has a frame between the gameplay and the 480. Yeah, it's like instantaneous. It's super fast. That was a great example of it. But but earlier in the stream we were showing that off a lot. Uh it's it seems to have have no problem with that. But the Rad 2X it might be fast on some displays but not all. Man. And it's a great product, man. Mike Cheese stuff is top notch. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I can't, I can't, you know, stop singing the praises of it. I mean, I just, I recommend it so often mm-hmm. because it's just so thoroughly practical, you know? Oh yeah, it's just, it, it totally fills a need for a lot of people. There, there, there's something about those products, like I mean, very similar to the AV, where it's just like, you know what? It's 
yeah, it's only 720p, but it's got interpolation and you can buy it and it's, you know, pretty affordable for what it is. Like, mm. you know, just certain devices like that. Like, I just, I really like the, the down to earth practicality of them. Oh yeah. And he's done a good job of making it accessible and making it there. Also his, his cases for it are, are incredible. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I gotta, I gotta put out like what Mike does is amazing. So I'm I always love, envious uh, of, of uh, his stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're totally enclosed. I love the fantastic colors that he's been doing for the, uh, for the retro take mini cases. Those are, those are really neat. Um, there was a, there was a five uh, Canadian super chat from the importer. Thank you. Saying, uh, could the, could the GBS be used to output a Raspberry Pi via HDMI or NVIDIA Shield to a consumer CRT's component inputs and do 240p and 480i. So, so Zero himself answered that in the chat, but why don't you uh, answer it again, man? Yeah, so um, the easiest thing to do and what I, I like, I tested my switch with the uh, downscaling capability with this, like, um, so I'm not sure how it's going to work out with 480i because if I'm not mistaken, the downscaling is supposed to be 240p. I'm not sure if it'll actually output a 480i signal properly. I'll have to test that and and uh, hopefully we can post some results on the uh, Facebook group or the website about it. But you can get one of those HDMI to component switchers. I think uh, RGB Bob recommended it on one of his videos for use with the time sleep. And then you can out set your Pi to output to 480p, basically. And you can use that component, the HDMI to component adapter, and feed the input into the component inputs of the GBS control. And then you can set it to downscaling to get 240p output and enable the uh, YPBPR, and you can output that directly to a standard def TV via component. So can you... Can, can you um... Like if you were to like say use the Nintendo Switch online, uh, you know, like the Super Nintendo or the NES on that, I'm pretty sure it uses a 4x scale. So you could probably force that to line up with the scan lines correctly on your TV, right? Like it I was think it would be a stretch because you're not dealing with reference quality video and everything's never. So go back to like how the GBSC scales. So you have a vertical scale, which is usually integer, which that would be good for that. And it would work out, but it's usually integer. It's not always integer. And then you have that horizontal up sampling. And between those two, I think scan lines might not work out good. Also, the GBSC firmware recommends scan lines be only applied to 240p yeah, content scan line list because it really works. Good. Want to throw them on here? I mean, yeah. I know it's a stream. Yeah, yeah it's, it's totally fine. Yeah, well, but what I meant was not the scan lines from the GBS itself, but I meant like if it was output to your TV, if you were downscaling and outputting it to a consumer CRT is 240p, would that... So, so it should look pretty good, um, but you got to remember you're dealing with, with, with some loss of quality. You're removing some lines. I think, it, like, um, I think I have to switch off of 1080p though, or is it, it, or is, or is it because it, I'm it, doing the... Is it because I'm doing... The full height, maybe that's giving me like the doubled. It's probably because you're doing the full height. Yeah. There's also a little bit to be said about the downscaling feature in general. So if you're outputting something like 
say the Raspberry Pi that expects your monitor to have square pixels and mm-hmm. you try to downscale it to a 240p signal, it's not going to look right out of the box. You're going to have to go into the settings of the GBS and stretch it to maintain the proper aspect ratio. And then well, you're going yeah. to you should only around the edges of the screen. The truth is, though, you should only downscale content that that's made to be downscaled. And, and that's kind of confusing for a lot of people. But like an example of that would be like, you know, you have some old fighting game on a oh, on a newer system. You know, those games are made to be at 240p and they're being outputted at 480p or, you know, um, and that, you know, like we see that on the Wii a lot with like the Mega Man games and stuff like that. No, but I do wonder if you were downscaling like a, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a widescreen signal from like a modern console that had, um, that had like, you know, borders added. Could you mm-hmm. crop out the borders? Like there's a limit to how far you can stretch and tweak the picture mm-hmm. to some degree. Yes. And you can apply an edge mask too to it. So well, that, that'd be, that would definitely be an interesting thing. There's I a limit to how I far really it can go. Of doing it with like, modern hdmi systems trying to downscale feature i mean it, it may, may it, you know I, I don't really know what to expect with that but it's definitely something to, to test but you got to remember that those are outputting square pixels where like old school 240p content didn't deal with square pixels right and and that that really throws that's like that's what what zero himself was just saying right. earlier but it might depend on how the what kind of settings you have within the game too. Like if you mm-hmm. you know might have a four three with interpolation or something like that. Yes. I don't know. It 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 would be an interesting thing to test for sure. It's an individual uh, use case. There was um, there was a four nine nine super chat from Reluctant Hero. Thank you. Uh-huh. Saying uh, I'm just looking for a scaler that's as easy to use as a retro tink. And outputs at 1080p. GBSE AIO seems to be what I've been looking for. Uh, yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, it's going to check that box. Uh, there's some people who want to tweak every little thing about the system. Uh, like I said earlier, in the, the the GBSC firmware with the GBS hardware, it basically it doesn't. You can oh, set yeah. profiles for it per se, like presets. But it's different. Its approach to video scaling is different than the OSSC, where you don't have to have this highly configured preset to get the maximum quality video. The algorithms and on the TrueView chip try to figure out what it thinks is going to be the best, and it does a pretty good job of approximating that, along with the GBS control firmware. Thanks, Corey, for trying the scan lines, though. Yeah, you know, absolutely. A pain to get on there, but... I, I just wish it was 960p. I can't tell because my... Uh... I, I can't on. express to you how much I tested the GBSC using this game exclusively. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful game, for sure. <laughs> it's a two, it's a 256-pixel-wide Genesis game. Okay, now I, turn, I got 1080p quality back on, and now I can... Actually, the scan lines... Look, look pretty good. Decent on the stream right now. That's actually kind yeah. of surprising. Yeah, if if you've got to, if you've got if you got if you're getting 1080p on the stream. Oh, they... look! You can really see the, you can see the tearing right here by jumping. 
Those scan lines are looking weirdly good on the stream. I'm not well, used to probably yeah. because I'm. Yeah, it's like just showing weird. a unscaled 960p inside the window. Mm -hmm. So it's not being resized or anything. I can yeah. tell you with certainty that all the units I tested without the clock mod did not have that same tearing. So that's interesting. Yeah, I think it was just timing. Like it does. It's do it think, stopped do you doing. You think the fact that this is a a two fifty six oh. pixel wide game changes the timing enough that would make the tear more prominent than a three twenty game? Well, just... from what I understand from talking to Rama, it, it's kind of just like hit or miss depending on like when the GBS grabs the signal, like. You can just go change a setting, and sometimes that can eliminate the tearing. Yep, and that's why we're adding the clock mock to, to all of the units. Like, so, and like you guys are testing a unit without the clock mod right now. So, we're hoping that this will be eliminated in future units. And we just thought that like it was a mod worth doing and worth adding for everything. And our original round of testing, we saw very limited tearing. Um, and I think that's just a combination of the hardware that both me and J and Zero himself have. Uh, there was a, there was a five dollars super chat from Robert Carlson saying, uh, "Feeling bullish on the Bills this year, Corey?" Uh, I haven't really been paying attention too much, to be honest. I I, I, I know they started out doing pretty good, but I'm I'm not sure if they are continuing to do very good. I've, I haven't been paying attention. Uh, and there was uh, a $2 from Gaming Blows uh, saying, Hey, Zero, what's on the shelf back there? Okay, well, I've got a little TARDIS sitting there, followed by a complete inbox VIC-20 that I picked up a couple weeks ago. Hey, VIC-20 box, I, 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 I know that, uh, that photo anywhere, even at that small size. <laughs> and then I've got a uh, SNES the uh the what the two chip three chip variety and then i've got an sns junior followed by a twin famicom actually twin turbo famicom twin turbo what's the, what's the difference there i'll show you <laughs> is that is that a stock variation or a mod it oh i didn't realize the bills are doing that good that's awesome i can't see if it's showing up on the camera well yet yeah. Can you see the uh, turbo buttons on that? Uh, if I go into Discord, oh, oh, oh! So it's like uh, it's like the new eight bit Doe controller. Yep. Where they they oh, okay. So I didn't, I never realized that that was like based on like a semi official variation. That's cool. Yeah, it was my first twin Famicom. I picked it up on uh, Baye, and then like when it arrived, I was like, wait, is this some kind of hack? And then I looked it into it, and I was like, oh, no, this is a r more rare model. That's cool. That's awesome. Now, if I can just figure out how to HDMI mod this guy in a clean way, I will be happy. <laughs> I think it's going to most likely get an RGB mod instead, though. But yeah, that 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 Vic Twenty, like that, that's one of my favorite console boxes, just because that picture on the front is so cheesy. Uh, is it like I, a family all playing together? Oh yeah, it's just like you know the brother and sister are playing, and the 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 dad is like leaning over their shoulder, looking like, whoa, that looks pretty fun. And then I think on the back of the box, there's a there's a picture of the dad just sitting at the computer with his with his coffee, doing his doing dad things. 
doing his dad things with his 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 budgeting and his finances. <laughs> I was amazed. I, I got this thing. Some woman listed it on Craigslist probably about three weeks ago. Actually, I guess it was a little bit longer than that. And I went and picked it up. She said they bought it and it's never been used. Oh wow. And it was it was literally a refurbished model. And the uh on the outside of the box, the serial number matches the serial number of the unit inside. And I, I don't think it's been used after being refurbished. Your your shirt wasn't driven only on Sundays to church? I, I can't really <laughs> confirm, but <laughs> I mean if, uh, I, okay, so now I see that picture on the box. It's split screen with the dad. But, I, I you know, my, my dad had a VIC-20 that, you know, I mean, he wasn't, uh, you, you know, I mean, he uses computers, you know, now for web browsing and spreadsheets and stuff. But, like, you know, back in the, the day, you know, when, when home computers were a new thing, uh, you know, someone at work convinced them that, like, oh, you... You really, you really need uh, uh, need one of these, and like I don't think he really got much use out of it at all. Like I mean, I just I don't think it was his thing. But I remember having it as a kid, and you know we had that box, and at some point it it disappeared. Uh, you know I, I think we sold it at a yard sale or something. I don't know what happened to it, but like I I always kind of wanted to get another, and I you know I got a comp- you know, it was several years ago. I got a complete one in the box for like $20. Your box is in nicer condition than mine, but I picked uh, that thing up for I think it was a hundred bucks. Maybe it was 120. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't a steal either. And that's why I like today's money. I mean, I know the, the Commodore 64 is, is you know the famous one, but uh yeah, that that's what I ultimately set out to get because like Whenever I was six, that was the first computer I ever touched. And, like, I learned a couple of commands, and my buddy had one. We didn't have one. And then, like, I didn't touch another computer until I was, like, 12. But that always stuck with me that, like, the C64, like, I remember we were playing Nintendo. And then he's like, oh, you got to check out these computer games we got. And I was like, what is that thing? <laughs> And I've yeah. never managed to get a hold of one in good working condition. I've got one in my other room for refurbishment one of these days here, but I think it's got a dead SID chip. You don't use your Mister? I played with it on the Mister a little bit, but it, you know me. Like, I'm always busy working on something. I, I want to collect the stuff and play with, like, the original thing someday. And then uh, I get sick of messing with the original stuff and just use Mister because it's way more convenient. <laughs> Try did you beat this yeah, game? I, I, I mean, you know, that's, you know, I definitely had that growing up. I mean, didn't use it a whole ton, but I, I remember, you know, I mean, I was like six or seven years old and I remember, you know, following some instructions in the manual for like, here's, you know, how you write this program. And I'm like, Ooh, this would be fun. And I, you know, I, I, I know how to type at the time. So I just like chicken, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Chicken peck, the, the whole list of uh, code. And I remember it took, it felt like it took forever and it didn't do anything. I couldn't get, uh, you know, I must have not understood how to do something. Uh, I, I remember the same thing whenever I got my first computer and I was like 12, I got like this 286. 
And I remember learning how to fire up basic and uh, for whatever reason, my dad knew somebody who got these Disney magazines and they brought me a bunch of Disney, Disney magazines that had basic code in them that I guess you could punch into an Apple II and make it work. So without me knowing how to type, I spent like two hours typing this program in and then went to run it and it promptly did not run. I remember doing basic on the old Apple IIs as um, well as the TRS-80s uh, in school. So uh, I, mean, I, was, I was probably not even in like whatever mode you have to be in to like actually program code. I was probably just typing it from the... No, you're just a kid, yeah, inputting commands and hoping that it makes the screen flash or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea. But, you know, I mean, my family didn't have like a real computer like a like a modern you know windows based computer until 97 so mm -hmm. that was that was my only exposure to that and then you know i got into html and stuff but uh a little bit like early html very lightly you know i, I was able to to a h r e f and bold things <laughs> embed pictures but you know that that, that kind of ended up being the extent of my uh my program well i mean i'm i'm a proud zennial man i mean i'm like one of those people that are glad that i graduated high school before the cell phone oh know? yeah same um, here i mean know, I, I assume that we're pretty close to the same age mm -hmm. uh, yeah i mean i'm i'm, I'm 41 yeah same me too so. so yeah i mean i i talk about that a lot uh at least with friends and stuff that I'm very happy that that like our generation, like people around our age got to live a good portion of our life before the, without internet, the internet, without the internet. And then a good yeah. portion uh, with the internet. So I feel like a lot of people that use computers, like our age that use the c computers growing up uh, are definitely a lot more. Um, they, they, they just know when things are, are wrong, they won't believe anything that they see. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's it's so funny because I, I always think about it like a lot of uh, people's parents that when I was a kid, they were like, oh, don't believe anything that you see on the internet. And then these days, they're the ones that like believe everything that they see. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I remember like getting to a payphone in school to call like the surf report where today, like you just go look that up, man. Or you go look at the stream online or, yeah. hey, wait, you know, wait. like that just to, you know, to figure out if we were going to skip school or go surfing today, you know? You know I, I mean, ever, I don't think I've ever used a payphone in my life. Like, I mean, man, we used them all the time. I mean, I mean, I mean just to like, page people and to uh, uh, pager codes and well, everything else. Really, I mean, you know, I'm only like five years younger than y'all, but like, I just, I just didn't have really a need for it. But like, you know, I was I was very slow to get into like smartphones. I didn't get a smartphone until I think twenty eleven or twenty twelve, which was like way behind the curve. Mm -hmm. But and I only got it because work was willing to pay for it. Like, mm -hmm. like I liked the idea that like I didn't have access to the internet every moment of my life. You know, I uh, I curse myself because I catch myself glancing at my phone. And checking like any beep that comes up. I mean, like, and and I, I literally feel guilty about it now. And I also work an on-call job, which doesn't help. So, mm. you know, like anytime I hear a chirp in the middle of the night, I reach for the phone. Um, oh, I, I I silence my phone at night. Like, uh, you know, if anyone if anyone has a, an emergency in the middle of the night, uh, don't be counting on me because it, it just ain't gonna happen. I mean, I also remember, though, in high school, hanging out at places 
because the place had a payphone next to it. And like, as you would get paged or people would call the payphone, you know, like just because they know that people are going to be hanging out there. And uh, it's just, it was, a, it was a much different time. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely glad to have the experience of, you know, you know, no internet, limited access to computers, you know, for a, a large part of, you know, growing up. Um, and look at your Nintendo powers. Like, I mean, you just, you, yeah. you, things like that, like it, they just can't exist today. It's just, it's not mm-hmm. the way it's done. Mm-hmm. Although I have wanted to, and if, if I could ever work out some deal to get the rights to reprint Nintendo powers, I would totally get on that bandwagon and I would totally make that available to people. As a matter of fact, I would even encourage Nintendo to re-release the game for the current console on the uh, on on whatever system they had at the time, you know, and then re-release that with the Nintendo Power, and you buy it in as a package. <laughs> I think that would be. I think so many people would would line up for that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, they uh, do that. Uh, I'd have to go out and find it, but I think I bought like a Nintendo Power style like remake for the uh, SNES Classic or one of those mini consoles. Yeah, but I think if Nintendo said, okay, we're going to start releasing the cover game for each Nintendo Power for this year, <laughs> you know, I think people would go nuts on that. I'd actually put it on like a Switch cart, you know, you'd get yeah. Castlevania yeah. 2, Belmont's Revenge, and <laughs> Metal I had that poster on my wall as a kid. I can already see it now. The scalpers will grab all of them and we'll be like, damn you scalpers. Uh, yeah. No, they should do it mail order and then just everybody gets one. Yeah. Just like how mail order Nintendo Power used to be. It would be insane. Like, something that I've actually really, a trend that I've liked, even though it's, um, you know, you know, we're talking, you know, re-releasing older games, but a trend I've really liked is seeing some of these new homebrew games like Xenocrisis um, and also stuff like... Um, uh, what was it that came on the Mega SG? Um, uh, why am I drawing a blank on its name? The 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 dice game. Um, Are you talking know. about the Turrican games on the Mega the Mega yeah. SG? Yeah. Um, they have a different one for the SG. I can't remember what it is. Uh, Ultra Core. Um, but like something, a trend I've really liked is like these games that are like being released for original hardware now to play on original hardware. Now they're made for those consoles. They run, you know, to those console specifications, you know, that, you know, a lot of times when a game is, you know, made on unity or whatever, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's faking the capabilities or exa- embellishing on the capabilities of Much certain yeah. about blood. Like uh, Octopath Traveler is designed to look blood. like the SNES era, but it obviously it isn't. Like- yeah, yeah. Or even something more like uh, Shovel Knight, which, you know, is very clearly NES inspired, but, you know, it has all the layers of parallax and widescreen and all this stuff going on that it definitely could never do. Um, but when you build something for these platforms that, you know, it, it, it has to be true to the hardware because it has to work on And trend I've really seen Xeno Crisis and Ultra Core and other games like that. Uh, when companies like strictly limited games, uh, does, um, uh, 
uh, does uh, the uh, the like the physical like Mega Drive. They're also doing an emulated release on current platforms like Switch, and like I really like that because it, it kind of makes this, Ooh, this weird bad. choice. And mm-hmm. I actually go for like the current gen version instead of the so boring the native gen version um, because uh, you know I, I, those, those cartridges aren't really made by Sega. They're not. They're made with mm-hmm. different technology. It's not like a mask ROM or anything like that. But the new one is made like it's a real Nintendo Switch cartridge. It uses the, the same t- technology as every other Switch cartridge. So it's kind of like which one is more real? You know, it's. It, 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 but I do like that they give people that choice. It's, it's such an interesting thing, man. Some of the pictures on this are kind of creepy looking. Yeah, well, we were just watching. Yeah. Make like a good horror. As, movie as you guys have been talking, the chat and myself have been watching these videos on uh, on beef oven and blood and deep sea life. <laughs> I I feel like you could make a good horror movie uh, out of uh, uh, just someone like browsing Compton's encyclopedia yeah. on. The now, now we're gonna watch a video on, I mean, th- on that would be an on joints. That would be an awesome like telephone game stream. Like you just get everybody from YouTube and just everybody has a piece for this video and then they throw their piece in. I mean, <laughs> this is like this is too to too too hot for Emlig right here. Look at this. <laughs> I, I feel like Voltar would be perfect here. Ooh, look at these. Oof. Yeah, where's Voltar when we need him? This is this is as we approach the midnight hour, this is what the channel becomes. Oh, Ooh, I just realized what was happening. Oh, we're kind of and you thought that just playing a violin. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. There he is. So, Voltar, we were saying we should play a game like a telephone game where everyone picks a scene from this and uh, and narrates it, and it becomes some wacky story that everybody just telephones together Ooh, let's watch this video on nuclear nuclear fl- fusion Nuc- nuclear <laughs> get, fusion. It, get it get it right get it right N- nuclear there was, fusion uh, Ooh, there, was, there, uh, two dollar, there was a two dollar uh, super chat from jonathan g saying i, I want to see pre-rendered background rpgs again and man i agree so much but you know what's interesting is uh you know i feel like the the technology and the consoles is so good now that they probably wouldn't bother to actually make them pre-rendered. Like maybe they would use some pre-baked elements, but I think they could build something really convincing looking in real time, but just stick with that, that style of those pre-planned camera angles. And I'd love, I would love to see what something beautiful, uh, what they could do with that today, because I feel like the last time that it was really used to great effect was like, for an RPG, at least, was like botan, the Botan Katos games. Uh, you know, it was really nice to see that Chrono Cross sort of style put into a 480p game. We haven't really seen it go much beyond that, but I feel like the ultimate pre-rendered background game is the Resident Evil remake. Why we're now we're now we're watching videos on the Paramecium because you know you you cannot be, you cannot stop me with just with Paramecium alone. <laughs> <laughs> Which game was that? That's Forgotten Worlds. 
Oh yeah, you cannot salvage his paramecium alone. <laughs> I can't believe paramecium is in the movies section. It's in of the Compton Compton's uh, encyclopedia on <laughs> on the Sega CD. Is all this stuff on one disc? Yeah. Kind of, kind of awesome. Like, is who was like, who watched snakes? Snake. I, I kind of really want this actually. If it's cheap. <laughs> Ooh, look at there's that snake. Um, what is it's, it's closing. I I do want to announce that uh, apparently my son said that he wants that he he wants his. <laughs> I was dying over this. Uh, he wants his new nickname to be Officer Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was dying I was losing it over it earlier. Officer died like does, Officer is, Diarrhea. He, I mean, does he have diarrhea or or no, is he, he just he's cha, cha, cha. Down people with diarrhea? I mean, I don't know if I've talked about it. Cha, cha, cha. Uh but he's like, I want you know, he's his new nickname. I mean, I don't know if we probably talked about it before on the on the on the live stream that for a while there he wanted his his wanted his nickname to be Sweet Beef. <laughs> but now he's turned to uh turned to officer diarrhea as his new I'm, I'm pretty sure within about like three decades uh your son is going to have like a netflix comedy special maybe i mean he's pretty good at coming up with this stuff <laughs> or a youtube channel called sweet beef sweet beef i mean that's yeah there you go Okay, uh, false sudden must see turtles. I'm gonna see some turtles. Diarrhea could go anywhere or not. Officer Diarrhea, yeah, yeah. I think. Oh, look at that. That's a that is a great video right there. Paul Sutton, you made the right choice because that is an awesome video. Look at that's awesome. He's just like swimming in the in the the blackness of the CRT right now. I want to see that again. It's awesome. He's just like, like I feel like I feel like that's something that you could just like put on a on a crt is like a a, a video art installation yes <laughs> it's, it's great when it only needs eight colors <laughs> uh one final video and then i'm gonna, gonna wrap it up uh, yeah evening. we better wrap it up we're we're <laughs> we're over time well over time <laughs> how about between that? the sweet beef and officer diarrhea yeah <laughs> Come to a night. Yes. So that's the way that you know. I never thought that showcasing the AIO would go down like <laughs> to that, and then also using the Compton's encyclopedia to showcase it. Yes. Which it looks fantastic on. I mean, it does. It does. It's very clean. Yeah. I'm. I'm all about it. Uh, we'll watch the uh, the Roman Empire. Um. Is there any like? Final things that you want to want to add about the uh, the the GBSC? Um, yeah, we're hoping to be taking orders in probably mid December. We hope if production goes right. Just remember that we want to produce all of these before we start taking orders, um, because we feel like we owe it to everybody to have physical product. We're not going to do the take your money and hope that we get it done. Mm-hmm. So um, be patient with us, and uh, yeah, take. Of people- course, if you. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I was just, I was gonna, gonna say, you know, you, you, you take people's money and then you like actually develop it. 
Yeah. Or, you know, the worst thing that could possibly happen is something happened to one of us, you know, like, and where does the project go then? So want to make sure that, you know, we have good stock before we start mm-hmm. collecting from everybody. Of course, you could, if you want more information, you can find us on our Facebook group, which is the uh, GBSC AIO Scalar Group, as well as on our webpage at uh, GBSCAIO.com. So uh, look for us there. And that people will be able to see, like, you know, we'll be able to get notifications when it finally goes up to uh, to order. Yeah, when it goes on for for order. Yep. We'll likely announce in the Facebook group before any place else. So please join us there. I'll also mention it on my Twitter account. So if you follow me on Twitter at Zero himself, you could probably get any big updates there. It was a last minute uh, super chat from uh, MK Iron Fist uh, saying I'm late tonight, but cool to see y'all showed the GBSC. Well, thank you. Yep. Uh, she de- put together one of the first ones that I saw, like w- when she tweeted about it. Oh, cool. You know, it's like that was, I mean, that was like my first kind of exposure to like, oh, this is ready to be put together. And it's, it is. Like, yeah, we heard about the I saw it for a I, very long time. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't realize it was, you know, that I had the little little thing that goes on it. The, um, what is it? Is it, is it an Arduino that the little thing that has like the Wi Fi or is that just like the Wi Fi? Yeah, I mean, it's an Arduino, it's an EPS. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the AI, AIO is like, is, is the way to go for, for people that don't want to get in the weeds and like building building one because like as i said earlier it's it's very very diy that it's like it's all it's it's kind of scary like <laughs> at, at, at its at its base it's, it's, like, it's really not that bad but yeah if you're not used to soldering or not used to soldering to a chip mm-hmm. um it can be a little intimidating but it's yeah. not bad i mean if you think you have some soldering skills i think it's it's a worthwhile exercise mm-hmm. but if you want something that's ready to go out of the box that has all the bells and whistles and everything's kind of thought out for you then um, the GBSC AIO is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not build one. I did not build one. I mean, it's 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 beyond my skills. At least there requires right some nerding, as Bob says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that's gonna do it. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Yeah. Good night. Thanks for having us. Um, thanks again for having us. It's it's been an honor being here with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's thank you, and it's fun to be able to show off, like you know, your your hard work. You know, being able to to test it out, Thanks. and I, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people that are really excited to get their hands on one. Yeah, we look forward to taking some orders soon. So, yep. Uh, thanks to everybody who hung out and and donated, and uh, we will see you very very soon. Have a good night, everybody, and a good, good night, week. Good night.